you're at the net. Welcome to another podcast of At The Net Podcast, brought to you by Tex-Mex Productions. Twisting and tweaking the dials are producers D-Mac and Dave the Brain. Join me in welcoming your hosts, Craig Bell and AJ Shabria, who are about to take us through five sets, talking tennis, all that implies, and maybe even life, as it seems to them. Ladies and gentlemen, Craig and AJ. Thanks to our At The Net podcast girl for the introduction, and welcome fans of the great game. You are listening to Season 1, Episode 3 of At The Net Podcast with AJC, a.k.a. AJC. Adrian Chabry. Are you Adrian Chabry? Yes, sir. Okay. Welcome, and thank you, CB1. And CB1, that's me, Craig Bell. Who, we are talking the great game and all that implies, right? Absolutely. We're, we're, we're happy to that? be here, as it seems to us. That's right. And thanks go out to our good amigos with Tex-Mex Productions, Darian D. Mac McBrayer, Dave the Brain, who are twisting and tweaking the dials from back of the house, making us sound like real people. Are we real people? You're absolutely real. We're, we're real tonight? All right. We're <laughs> we, not Memorex? We, we actually had to do the recapture the, to make sure we're not robots. Okay. Yeah. We've, we've <laughs> we're all good. We're yeah. all good tonight. You guys are not serious, so you guys are good. <laughs> okay. Also, be ch- sure to check out our good work on SoundCloud, Fireside, Spotify, iTunes, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, all the important communication sites that you kids find popular. And if you are a female, sorry, guys. I would like to read the opening intro for the At The Net podcast and be an At The Net girl. Let us know, as we are always looking for new female voices to do the intro. Mm-hmm. So please uh, uh, contact us, and we will uh, want you to uh, read uh, the At The Net podcast opening for us. But uh, speaking of openings, we've got a great guest tonight with us here in Dallas, Texas. That would be our, our good friend, Dr. Cliff Sheets. Dr. Sheets, welcome to the show. My pleasure. Boy, he is. I mean, Cliff, have you not? I mean, you're a, a noted author. You've, you've written Lean Bodies, 30 Days to Swimsuit Lean. Do I need a 30-day body <laughs> no, makeover? You've got a 29-day right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm close, right? Leap year body. Leap year. There we go. <laughs> National best-selling author. You've got a, a Ph.D. from London. You had to go all, You went all the way to London. Are they smarter than us? Five years back in Fourth City University, London, right? Yes, mm. that's right. Yep. Lots of certification, uh, tennis professional, uh, certified trainer as well, musician, you know, just mm. all sorts of stuff. You're from Decatur, Alabama. I always call him the tater from Decatur. Right. Do you eat, do you eat taters? One of the best foods you can have. Really? Is a tater. tater? Oh man, yeah. It's a great prebiotic. It's great to you know replete glycogen. Potato is a fabulous food. Is it really? Okay. It's gotten well, a bad rap, much like the egg did years ago. <laughs> and then one other thing that I want people to know about this: Captain America said something nice about you, Dal- Dallas Cowboy Roger Staubach, Hall oh. of Famer. It said, as an athlete, I've been concerned about the physical body all my life, but being healthy and active is more than exercise. It is also good nutrition and controlling fat. Cliff Sheets helps us find this type of balance through his lean bodies approach. That's awesome. I mean, Captain America, that's a pretty good endorsement right there, along with uh, you've done some training of some various stars out there. We'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute. But uh, you're just – did you ever think, you know, you'd be here from Decatur, Alabama, all the way to the world stage and then, you know, back to At The Net Podcast? Well, did we've been here since 81. My wife and I came Yes, you and Kathy. And we have never been back. So we were just in Alabama this past weekend visiting my sister and – Having a great time, and here we are back in Dallas. Back in Welcome Dallas. Back, back here tonight. Welcome back. Welcome back. Gosh, you. Yeah. Thank they, you. We let you in. We let you in the state. It's always good to be let in. Did you have to have to have your passport, or do you? No, not not anymore. Not anymore. Okay, they they, they know you well enough. You just wave at the at the guards and 
They, they, they wave by. you on it. They sneak, sneak in <laughs> right there. Well, th- thanks for coming. Like I said, and, you know, it's it's a real honor because you've been all over the world, done all sorts of stuff. You know, from the nutrition world, fitness world, uh, and you're still doing it today, right? You're that's still, right. Yep. That's right. Very busy. Very, what I do. Love very, what I do. Love what you do. That's right. Is that that's probably important for life too, right? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, who was it? Was the the about if you can find someone who'll pay you to do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Who said that? Samuel L. Clemens. Samuel. Ah. As a, and I get to do that every day. A.K.A. So Mark Twain. So you guys. W- what would be interesting is if Samuel L. Jackson voiced that <laughs> over. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, there you go, the right? The righteous man. Yeah. No, he, yeah he w- Speaking of, he is 70 years old. And he's Samuel L. Jackson? Shaft movie. Yeah, he's looking pretty see, strong. And he looks great. Huh? Yeah. yeah. He's Sam- a bad mother. Shut your mouth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> talking about Shaft. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to mess with him. Shaft or Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> I like him. He's, he's a funny actor. You know, sometimes he plays some great roles. Yeah. He does. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Question. All right. Let's, yes. get, let's, get down to, let's get down to brass taxes, as they say. Let's, let's do it. Okay. I'm ready. All right. I don't want to sit on any tax, but uh, I want to ask you this question because I think yeah. this is really a good one for all of our listeners out there. We actually do five sets. Cliff's in our first set this evening. Are diets good for you? You know, the vegan diet, paleo diet, Mediterranean diet, gluten-free, Nordic, you know, are there any more diets out Keto, there? Keto, paleo, all yeah, kinds of South Beach. Sa- yeah. Well, the, and the, oh, uh, you know, South Beach. That's right, the, the South the, Beach the diet. The weirdest one I've ever heard of is the taco diet. The taco diet? The taco go. diet. There you go. Have you heard of that one? Uh, no, I haven't. But, well, we're going we'll we'll to have to talk about that one. We have to talk about that one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I may have to. I just, you know, um, Dr. Bob Lanier years ago was the guy that told me on his radio show, Cliff, you've got to write a book. I said, a book? He says, yeah, uh, you need to write a book. You've got to write this down. That's how Lean Bodies started. But he wrote uh, on my forward, he said that diets are all the same. They're like fruitcakes at Christmas time. It's the same oh. fruitcake, just given different <laughs> names and passed around every year. And, uh, they're, they're, all, they're, they're not good. And, and basically, um, when you start lowering calories, there are different approaches to lower calories um, to lose weight. In other words, uh, like a hole-in-the-bucket technique. What happens is the body perceives that as starvation. You hold on to fat. Now, the problem in the beginning is the metabolism of the person can't do the job so you've got to upregulate metabolism when you go on a diet up to half the weight you will lose will be muscle water and glycogen and you will shut down your metabolism to the floor like bang like that will make it worse than it was and when you regain the weight you will regain more fat to muscle ratio than when you started so diets are very bad so so a, more of a, a better diet just uh, a better diet across the board, not a diet like doing well, a diet. diet that's that's the one. Better where you choices drop in your overall food. Overall calories to yeah. drop weight. Then there there are there are the fad diets. Uh, for example, keto is nothing but Atkins. It's just given a new name, and just like the fruitcake thing, just given all these are new games floating around. And so whichever one you want to talk about, we can talk about. But my background is nutritional biochemistry and physiology and psychology of change. Mm. And so my two research studies that I did. You know, with, with lean bodies and the six hypothesis, we talk about the real world, qualitative, what really happens. So I like I'm the science guy, I'm the nerd that likes to read all the research, keep up with that, and then bring that down to six pack. How do we use that? What do we do with that? So what do we eat? And that's what we'll talk about tonight. Well, that's that's awesome. I mean, because you've tremendous trained a lot of people. You, you've brought uh, nutrition and, and health healthy lifestyles to right. the, mm-hmm. Hundreds, thousands of people, I'm sure. That's what we do. Millions, billions. Mm-hmm. As Carl Sagan would say, well, billions. The, book, the billions. books in uh, Spanish, it's, it's, it's all over. Russian, it's, it's, mm. so it's, there's a lot of folks out there. Now, when we talk about the different diets you brought up, 
any certain ones you want to speak up, or you may just kind of hit them as I go down the line. No, just I, I always <laughs> yeah, just my you know okay. all because I'm always fascinated with people who go. Well, I'm going on this diet. I'm going on that diet. I'm going on. And right, I'm like, right, why right. would you do that? Why, why don't you just eat a healthy meal and kind of work right, out? You right. know, and, and train. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. And so most people, for example, uh, keto. Let's talk without that, that yeah. a little bit. Keto is very big. It's the end thing right now. And, uh, again, it is Atkins. Uh, and not that you can't learn something good from Atkins. He's one of the guys early on that said, look, the processed white flour can cause more body fat. It can, all that. But you'll find people in the psychology of change do, like, just uh, nothing or whatever. In other words, uh, I'm going to go on keto. I'm going to have no carbs. I mean, I'm going to have oh, – they were already eating pies and cakes and sugar and all the stuff. If they wrote their food down to see what they had to eat for a month, and, and they'd be amazed what would happen. And in my research, actually, the control group on both ends had had they couldn't learn the the, the program till later, but they had results not mm. like the other arms of the study just because they wrote their food down. That was one of the things they had to do. And so, but when you look at it, keto, people say, well, all carbs are bad, so we don't need carbs, so we'll lose weight. Now, you're not going to find the research any keto information, uh, a study showing body fat loss, muscle gain, it's not that high tech. It's always going to be weight loss, overall weight loss. Atkins is the same, overall weight loss, for a, for a good reason. Because when the person goes on keto and you drop carbs like that, they say, well, you know, I'm losing weight, so, you know, I'm eating plenty of protein, so therefore, you know, I know I'm retaining a lot of muscle, you know, so I'm, I'm losing fat. And they say, well, you know, that the carbs aren't there, so the body will go in to burn the fat. The body never goes after fat first, ever. We are protein. Look in the mirror, our face, our skin. We are protein. protein. Our skin, our hair, everything. Mm -hmm. The body, when you don't have carbohydrates there, starchy carbohydrates, let's throw down a list of those, the healthy good ones, not the refined processed ones, but uh, when you look at like a potato, sweet potato, corn, beans, peas, brown rice, corn tortillas, all those great starchy carbs that are nutrient-dense, those types of carbohydrates break down uh, to glucose very slowly. All carbohydrates will end up as glucose and then result. But how fast they break down is the key because if a carbohydrate comes in the body and releases too quickly, like white flour, sugar, uh, sh you know, anything like that, pies, cakes, refined processed foods, when you eat those, insulin surges to counter that because it's not a slow release of carbohydrate coming it's in. It's quick, right? That's quick. So we all, as the audience needs to say, okay, so got that. The main thing here is I need to eat the slow carbs. We just named them, didn't we? Sure. Some of those, right? My book has all those. Okay, see, so, okay, so tell me about this. So if I eat, like, white pasta and a little bit of protein with it, what happens? Insulin surges because the white pasta is processed. There's another hormone that's opposing insulin called glucagon. That's called the insulin glucagon axis. So when you stimulate, AJ, I talked about this earlier. Yeah. When you talk, when you when you stimulate insulin, the body now stimulates something called the cytokine inflammatory cascade. Big phrase, cytokine inflammatory cascade. He talked about inflammation. Write that Any, down, Dave. In, yeah. Anytime <laughs> inflammation surges, you always stimulate the cytokine inflammatory cascade, which Put your body in a pro-inflammatory mode mm. systemically, in your elbow, in your gut, in your heart, in your brain, everywhere. That's high inflammation. Now, Just off you, that white rice. Just off the white yes, rice. Yes, right, every time you do it. So can we control what is the most powerful thing we can do to control inflammation? The right foods and the right combinations at the right times of day. 
So, Clifford, you telling me if I have, instead of the white pasta, if I have a baked potato and I have a chicken breast and I have some fibrous veggie with that, is that slower? Absolutely, because now we get into another area. If I put a good quality protein like meat, pea, whatever you look like, meats, you know, fish, chicken, the high-quality proteins, with that potato, that protein slows that potato down even slower. Insulin will not surge. Insulin actually works little chemical impulses and uses that for energy, and that potato gets stored as glycogen two-thirds in our muscles, one-third in our liver. So are you saying if I eat brown rice, that releases slower than white rice? Uh-huh. If I have whole wheat pasta, better than white rice? Yeah. Uh, if I have uh, some birthday cake to go with, that's fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I see people that go on keto and all those type things, they go, oh, no, I don't eat any carbs. Not anymore. Well, guess what? What if you just started out by just doing, like, getting rid of the white flour, the sugar, the, the pies, stuff. the things yeah. you were doing, you just wrote your food down for like a week. Guess what? You lose body fat. Mm. And then if you learn to eat the foods, and here's the second part, you want to eat the foods, you want to spread your calories out throughout the day. So understand that uh, certain foods, because of the chemical makeup alone, raise metabolic rate over other foods. And those are the foods of my program, lean bodies. So all the components of lean bodies, it's nothing new. Those have been in science for years. It's just I'm the guy that put all those components in one method for middle America to follow. So you're telling me if I choose the right foods, the right carbs, I can release insulin slowly. Glucagon won't surge, or it's not screwed up, so insulin won't surge. And you're saying that I can now control inflammation? Yes, it's called balanced hormonal eating. So let's say you have a piece of fish, some brown rice, and a salad. Now, is that going to be a pro-inflammatory or anti-inflammatory? Anti-inflammatory. Sounds anti, right. yeah. yeah. Yes. What if I have some white bread? And, uh, and let's have, uh, you know, just a little bit of protein with it, maybe a little, uh, I don't know, a little bit of chicken. Zoom. It's going to go up. Yep. There it goes inflammation up. Now, what can, about. Can I ask you a quick call? Just real quick. Yeah. Just about people who have pets, is that the same thing, like a dog or, you know, say that. But that, yeah. since yeah. they're yes. you know, like yes. us, or, you know. Right, yes. So if you feed your, your pet, I'm just thinking that just right off the bat. I didn't yeah. mean to get so they, sidetracked. So they have great healthy dog food today. They've done a great job with all of this, this research already. So if you want to add a little, you know, talk to your vet about this, but our dogs, we add a little sweet potato, a little bit of grass-fed beef to that. Boy, they, I bet now, you A little they, bit on top, they love that stuff. You know, I'm not saying you have to do that. Talk no. to your vet, but that's what we did. Our dog just passed away. She was 16 and a half. That's, that's a good and, life. And her brother's, you know, 15 and a half right now doing uh. well. So now we said diets don't work. Dropping carbs don't work. Let's go back to keto. They yeah. say, well, I lost weight on this. Well, they all kind of look sick. They look kind of shriveled up, and they go, well, I don't have a lot of energy. That's the first thing. And they also have this breath across the room that's a ketogenic-type breath. That means kind the like body is breath. now at a higher acid base. Yes, so they're, so the person on keto is losing weight. You can smell it, though. Yes, you can smell Interesting. it. Interesting. Yes, and what will happen, they say, well, man, uh, I've lost this weight, but they don't realize that they've lost a lot of muscle. Oh, no, I didn't lose muscle. I've had a lot of protein here, a lot of protein and fats. and dark. Yes, you've lost a lot of muscle because guess what? You don't have the starchy carbohydrates coming in that the body has to have to convert into glycogen to store inside our, our, our warehouses right. called muscles to make the muscles move. Now, the protein's vital for strong muscles, mm. but they can't move and give you energy, and you can't make ATP. Uh, that's cellular energy, adrenosine triphosphates, ATP. 
So you're telling me, Cliff, I have to have a potato to convert into glycogen that stays stored in my muscle. When my working muscles need energy, my body is going to call on that glycogen, convert it back into glucose, and make ATP for me. You just said the biochemical truth right there. So they can't do that. Why? There's no glycogen. So how do they go? They go to a different system. The body is miraculous. The body says. Adjust and, and adapt. adapt. And yeah. adapt. They have yeah. to say, well, there's no glycogen here. I've got to have energy. So the body does something called gluconeogenesis, a biochemistry term, gluconeogenesis. You become accountable. Your so body eats your eats own yourself. protein from your muscle, breaks it down, and breaks it into glucose to make where you can make kind of like Miss Pac-Man, kind of like so Pac-Man back doing, in the day. So what they're doing, they're eating yeah. their own muscle. Yes. Now, yeah. people can get kind of by on this. They're not very active people. Then here's something that happens. The adrenals start getting fatigued. Then there's something called, uh, when you get into the, um, the axis, we're going to there, but there's some other things going on with thyroid, other things going with pituitary, uh, hypothalamus. Mm. And so all these things, I'm going to bore you to death with this stuff. However, remember this. The body's not going to put up that for too long. So it's always, they say, well, I've got to have some energy. So they're going to go for a lot of caffeine. That's how they get through the day. That's why they drink set, coffee or whatever. They get a lot yeah. of coffee. They go with that, and they have to have it. They depend and, on it, right? Yes, so they do. The body's looking for something, right. so it, need, it needs some jolt. That's right. Something. So the body is going to release cortisol. It's called the adrenal. The adrenals are going to do this. And so it says, that's the endocrine system. And the adrenals go, well, there's no, we've we got to have energy here. So we've got this gluconeogenesis going on. Now we're going to have to produce a lot of cortisol what we call in biochemistry adrenocorticotropic hormones. So now we've got released this cortisol, and now I say, oh, my word, I'm losing muscle. Well, that's not good because guess what? I heard Cliff say once in another radio show that research has shown us more recently that between age 30 and age 80, Americans are losing up to half their muscle. So do the math. Most Americans are losing one-half pound of muscle every year. That's your really? fountain of youth. Guess what your muscle really is? Your mm. metabolism. Okay. Okay. That's what burns the calories, burns the fat, all that. So there you said. Now we say, okay, we got the idea. Diets are good. Keto's not good. We got muscle, but I am losing weight. So what about other things? What about vegan? Right. Well, um, vegan is, is something that is, um, <laughs> there's not enough protein coming in, guys. This is what really scares me is when people get sick, especially here people, well, I got cancer, so I went vegan. Well, they feel better at first, or if they have any health problem, they, they, they feel better, whether it's cancer or something else, or something gets their attention. They say, mm. I'm going to go all the way again. The mind says, all the way, no carbs. Well, this is going to be vegan. No, no, no mammal protein, so I'm going to go vegan. Well, I'm talking vegan as they don't have dairy, even they don't have eggs. And now, that's lactose, no animal products yeah, at all. That's right. So they say, I'm going vegan all the way. So what happens is the body doesn't have any complete proteins coming in. And they say, well, but you can get that, bad science again, pseudoscience, mm. uh, is because they say, well, because, you know, the essential amino acids that are in a complete protein, you know, as a biochemist standpoint, I tell you that those eight to nine, you know, essential amino acids that make up a complete protein, like the chicken, the fish, the, the red meat, the, all the, the dairy, the eggs, the cheeses, all that, those have all complete proteins as they sit. Now, the body doesn't use that when you eat it. You, you use it and say, here's, here's a piece of chicken. My plate, I eat this chicken. And the body says, well, now I've got to break that down. Mm-hmm. And then to uh, amino acids, peptides, polypeptides, make my own protein from that. And that's the protein I use. So let's build this club. I know you guys are going to renovation here. Let's build it back cheap. Let's just say 
let's give you just, you know, uh, we're going to give you beans and peas because we only have so many of those essential amino acids to be essential that in, you can in use. the chicken, excuse right. me, in the, in the rice. And so the ones we're missing are in the beans. So we put them together. Right. The body doesn't work like uh-uh. that, guys. They it like doesn't... to tell that. It tells a good story. All right. But that's not the truth. That's not the complete story. That's not science. That's pseudoscience. So what happens, the body says, well, I've got to make this – Breaking it down, make my own protein from this. Well, guess what? I got crap here to make from. I'm gonna throw up some. Let's have some soybean walls around here. Incomplete. Yeah, let's let's make let's play, let's build this clubhouse, a new clubhouse here, cheap. Out of cardboard, basically. Yeah, and here's what's yeah. really scary. Science would argue you down, 40 years ago, that number one, the number one fuel source for the immune system was glucose. That was a fact of science. I remember that. Yeah. Guess I'm, what changed all that? AIDS. All the influx of money coming in to cure AIDS found out that the, the amino acids are the number one fuel source of the immune system. Interesting. Well, what did I just tell you you're not getting enough of if you're a vegan? Amino, amino acids. acids. That's right. You don't have the amino acids coming we're in. We're pretty smart. We're, yeah. we're listening to, we're listening and, to you. And, yeah. and we're coming at yes. you in stereo. Right. Yes, you are. And you're coming at me. I right. mean, that's Two of us I'm... against one of you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so now the person says, oh, oh, gosh, my immune system. Isn't that where I make all those fighter cells, the T cells? And uh. the, oh, man, all, the, you know, all that good stuff i got to have to keep them. We, we have the possibility of developing cancer every day. Our immune system warding that off and breaking that down and keeping it away is important. So That's what I you mean know, by fighter cells. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So what happens, interleukin-2, there's so many important ones. So let's just, in the United States, you know what? People will love us around the world. Let's just strip our military. Let's, let's, just don't, yeah. let's just cut the military down to about eighth in number. Let's don't have any things to fight with. And let's go fight these battles. Bah. That's what it's like to bah. be a vegan Can't free immune it. system. Right. Mm. You have nothing to fight with. You're really setting yourself up. Correct. Yep. That's uh, now. Cliff also too used to teach tennis back in the day. He still mm-hmm. does a little bit. He he played college tennis. Tennis. Yes. He, he on the tour. With, yes. Comes with a, a lot, lot of, of different props, skills. A lot of skills. Yep. We're watching Wimbledon right now. So we're we're watching a replay because uh, the finals was on television. Right. So, question about is the men's and women's games are some of those pros too thin? Yes, for, they are. And have they, are their diets improper as yes, well? They, right. I'm not going to mention any names, but no. we're watching one in I the will. finals right let's, now. Let's just I'm, – I'm going to mention Novak right. Djokovic. Djokovic. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll just throw him under the bus. Yeah. I'm going to no. throw the champion, yeah. Cause, could, could his elbow problems or maybe some of his yeah. issues been absolutely related to diet? Right, yeah, absolutely. Now, let's go back a few years when uh, – really when Novak was talking about uh, going gluten-free. Mm-hmm. What he actually – anytime somebody goes gluten-free, they're having – they start with, um, you know, gut issues. It's actually what we call a hyperpermeability of a gut. So hyperpermeability of the gut. It's a leaky gut. You've heard the term oh, leaky, yeah, leaky gut. Hyperpermeability, okay? So it's so permeable, I, but this is a, an excessive level of permeability. That's right. So in other words, you look at prebiotics. and pro, For example, a, a butt potato is a very good prebiotic. Prebiotic. Probiotics. Yeah. Right. So the flora inside the gut, you got too many bad guys and not enough good guys. You've got a lot of gut issues going on. And 78% of the immune system is located within the gut. So inflammation is going on. Novak used to have a lot of problems with asthma-type symptoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, breathing. Yeah. It was hot. And energy, it was, things, yeah. all that. So what he did when he went gluten-free is like most gluten-free people, and some people truly are. They have, to, they have a problem with that. Others don't. However, when you go gluten-free, what do you really get up, rid of? Processed 
of breads. Right. Processed. Because there's right. the benefit. So the processed right. stuff comes out. Oh, I'll have some sweet potatoes instead of that. I'll have some brown rice. I'll have some, you know, plain. things that don't have gluten, peas. I mean, so I'll do that for my carbs. So they get rid of a lot of the refined carbohydrates that have been causing a lot of this inflammatory cascade. And that's probably okay to some degree, get rid of some refined yeah, oh, foods like fine, with, no, the white rices. And yes, the, but he basically had a healthier diet. Now, in the situation, a lot of people are into stay away from They don't know what to eat. I don't think that Novak knows what to eat. And then uh, so when you get into uh, he does know what to eat to not cause him symptoms or problems. But what to know as an athlete, he is a Ferrari, as one researcher said. Mm-hmm. You're a Ferrari. You know, you've got to fuel your Ferrari with Ferrari fuel. You've got to match that up. And so what happens, let's get the example of Larry Bird. I think Larry Bird is a fantastic basketball player. Yeah, pretty but good. there's no Hall way Larry Bird's body back then could compete in today's NBA because it used to be not cool. and It was a bad thing, they thought, to lift weights yeah. in the NBA. That's oh, extra timing up. Same no. with tennis. Same with golfers. It's changed dramatically now as research goes forward. So Novak would do well to gain a good 5 to 10 pounds of muscle because remember this, the more muscle you have, the more glycogen you can store, the better performance you always give. Mm -hmm. So you can really take this to the bank. Take two players, male or female, uh, that are playing each other, like if two women are playing each other or two guys playing each other, if they're close to the same talent level, mm-hmm. the stronger athlete will win every time. Based on based they on ha- the- they have they have uh, basically they have stronger muscle. They have much better neural pathways as far as performance. They have glycogen. They can make ATP like that. You have uh, three systems to make energy. You have the phosphagen system, the glycolytic system, and the oxidative system. And they hit all three of those, I mean, boom, 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 beautifully recovered after between points or whatever they're doing. And those that have subpar nutrition do not. Now, the longevity over their career uh, is definitely, that, that quality of that career, how long they play, is goes back to nutrition and exercise. And matching with my clients, I, I have personal training clients I've had for years. And uh, some of them are very, very good athletes. And some of those are, 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 are just weekend warriors, you know. But their, their quality is because we match their nutrition with their exercise. Mm-hmm. So you want to be gaining muscle while losing body fat and a good, healthy. Correct. And if you're following lean bodies 70% of the time, that's all you need to get fantastic results, period. It's just 70%. Yes, consistently. Because 70% of the time, that leaves room for your ice cream, for your pizza, all the mm-hmm. things you do like that. Every once in a while, it's good to Absolutely. splurge. Absolutely, and you yeah. should. From a psychological set, you, you should. You should. So you're not the the, the uh, Jack LaLanne theorist that uh, if it tastes good, spit it out? Right. You, you, right. Can, you, can, <laughs> you can have a, a little That's bit of right. taste yeah. every now and then. Now, Jack LaLanne, everybody mm-hmm. knows, he lived to be about 95 or yeah. something, but he, he never ate the, the you know ice cream and that kind of, right. kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, Jack, no come fun. on. That's no fun. I, I am not a purist. Mm-hmm. You know, I... And so uh, I'm going to have my mulligans and enjoy it. And, and I just turned 65, and and I feel great. I told as as, uh, as this is an audio broadcast, uh, they may not be able to see that he looks 50. Oh, thank you. And not much. 60, and certainly I, well, not. I was going to say 120. I was going to say 120. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, last time you told me I looked 75. Well, <laughs> it, 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 it's <laughs> just it, it's gone up a few years, you know. Here, but no, Cliff does look really good. And you, thank are, you. Are you still in the same, almost same weight you were maybe in high school, college? That high school, I was underweight. I also stuffed my shoes in high school. I'm going to say this now. Uh, I believe it or not, I'm, I'm a shorter guy. I'm five seven and a half. Mm-hmm. But back in the seventh grade. Uh, 
I couldn't get rebounds. I was in with some older guys in PE, so I started stuffing my shoes, had to get bigger shoes, stuff them, and then get taller. Then when I got out with my street shoes, that bothered me because now I'm out here. I, I like this stuff, and I, 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 so I had to stuff my street shoes. So I stuffed my shoes, and then I got to where I'm going to stand up now and show you this, but uh, I had bell-bottoms on. I graduated in 1972. So yes. I had bell-bottoms on. I, I put my heel up the back of my boot with my bell-bottoms and stand like this. You see, I'm about 5'10". This. Yes, you are. I, I am. I am. He, but, he figured but this I out. But I could walk like that and still can today, You can, but, you know, with this stuff. And you couldn't tell until one fateful day, uh, a guy in homeroom who didn't know came up to me. And he says, is it true you ain't got no toes? <laughs> and I said, excuse me. He says, well, the girls out there, what are these? the girls in the hall, they told me you don't have any toes. Well, I had these boots on. And I forget when, you're, when your heel is up the back of your shoe and you bend, that there's a bend that goes all the way down to the sole. That's correct. It looks as if you don't have toes. That was worse than being short, so I stopped. So in high school, I stuffed my shoes. And my son did end up playing college tennis, although he didn't start to. He was in a junior in, in high school. Yes, Jonathan, mm-hmm. very he, good. He would not start tennis because he saw my high school picture and of my of the, double every, stuffing of the my feet, shoes, geez. the hair, you know, little bitty guy. And I would tell you I weighed 120 pounds. Stop and weigh. Probably weighed 110. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, but you I, had I, was some under, on. I didn't know how to eat. Yes, I didn't know how to eat. I didn't. So, so I was you could have worn the platform shoes. Those are back with bell bottoms. You no, know, you because it looked like, oh, you're tall. You got platforms. I wanted no. to think I was really tall. Okay. Yeah. Just, just legit. Yeah. So that day, though, I stopped that. I got rid of most of the stuffing, and uh, I did have a problem. I played in the city, um, you know, uh, ladder in Decatur, Alabama, tennis ladder, and uh, against I, I assume men, everybody. Yeah, in the men, yeah, so adults. I, yeah. yeah. So I played. So one of the people who I played sometimes was was Dr. Sims. He was the orthopedic in town, the guy. And, well, when you stuff your shoes all the time and your heels are up like that and you walk around your house when nobody sees you, it got to be a difficult thing for me to get my heels down. I was walking on my toes all the time. My parents noticed that, and they sent me to Dr. Sims. Well, uh, I went to Dr. Sims, and in the car before I went in, I took all the stuffings out, went in, and he checked me out, and I was walking. sure enough, I could not get my heels down. And he says, what do you think is going on? I said, I have no idea. <laughs> so he, you, you were a, a non-communicative, right. non-compliant patient. Period. You didn't says, give him the real deal. He says, let me give you some stretches. So he gave me some stretches. I said, I'll do them. And I left, got back in the car, put the stuffing back in again. But I played tennis, guys, in high school with stuffed shoes. What did you use, foam or? Um, Are you thinking about doing it? I'll tell no, you. No, no, no. You could have worn like four pairs of socks if you wanted to. I started with a tennis shoe called a Bob Cousy tennis oh, shoe. Oh, I remember guys. Bob Gibson's Cousy. Discount Bob. Center. Yeah. Gibson's got, Discount Center. Gibson's yeah. is a yes. name from the past. Yes. 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 Yeah, uh, they're cheap. I Your discount that. center. I wore about a 10 and a half to 11. Uh-huh. Where I could put plenty of just foam in. My dad had some foam in the basement. Started with that. But here's what. Then I moved on to hard stuff. Okay, I, I look from that. Firmer. To, here, I was at Parisian getting some street shoes, and I got some uh, loafers. But when I put the loafers on, the, it hit my the top and it hit the, my ankle right there, and it hurt. The guy says, "Wait a minute, you like those? I like them, but it hurts my. I can fix that." He goes back in the back, comes back with these felt lifters, little faces. He goes in the shoe, takes it off, and he puts it in there inside. Under, inside, and I went, "Yeah." And I said, "What if I needed two of those? You might." He gives me two. And so he comes back, here, take all these free. So I went home because I was taller. And I put all those in the shoes so they were up to about there with bell bottoms. That started it. Then I went on to harder stuff, boots and more. I'd have about six of the Dr. Scholl's things and then that in. 
and I walked around like that. But you would think I was 5'10". It, it's almost the opposite of the, the Vibram, the feet you wear, the toe shoes concept where um, the trend has been right. exercise your arch, exercise your plantar fascia, yeah. uh, and, and allow those to move. You probably... You're a strong guy and a fit guy, but were your feet getting the appropriate no. feedback? No, no, not at all. I no. stood on my toes all the time. I see. And so then when I did get a scholarship to play tennis, mm-hmm. I was, and I need this to go to college, you know, and uh, what happened is they said, we've got six full scholarships. We'd like you to play. And I said, well, thank you. So I get out there. and this I'm excited about this. Yeah. By then, I'd, I'd hit so much that the metatarsals were getting screwed up. I see. And it, my fall, started my fall year, and uh, I couldn't even walk. It was swollen. And they, I went back to Dr. Sims. He said, you got to just stop tennis ball. I yeah. can't stop. i got the seasons there. i, I got to play, stop. yeah. Then I went to what was called a quack back then, a podiatrist. I see. And the basketball coach had been to Dr. Zweig and had these appliances made, so that, and I went to podiatrist. And to this day, I have my 1974 or 75 model, 75 model appliances that go. I don't wear those anymore. I have newer ones now. They go in and to be able to play. That you know, The arts that hits, not the arts, but my tarsals don't hit so hard. And when you say appliances, these are a custom orthotic. Uh-huh. They're made of yeah. leather, I assume. Yeah, but one of the original back when the crust was just warming over the earth. Antediluvian times. It was a long time. We need to introduce him to our friend Jason Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> we do. Because he, he makes custom orthotics now. Really? Yeah. Yes. Well, he would love these because these, one day these will get inducted into something. You know? yeah, yeah, some Hall of Fame, yeah. Texas well, Tennis. Might be in the there. Smithsonian. Maybe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I should bring them next time and I'll please, wear them. Please yeah. do. Cause I, and we know you're on limited time. You know, we, we, yeah. you know, we, we don't want to uh, run, run you too late, but, we, you know, we always find find uh, Cliff fascinating. Definitely. So, so what about chocolate milk? Just real quick. Chocolate milk? Yeah, for it good? certain people, it's wonderful. Is it really? Everybody is biochemically individual. Uh, and we talked, as you told me earlier, about, you know, yeah. epigenetics and all that research came out of the U.K., by the way. They were the first to bring it. And we, the U, we went from there in the United States. Um, chocolate milk is a complete protein. So the amino acid pool, all of that's being replenished. You do have a very quick, simple sugar coming in, but a lot of it for your glucose levels. To, for an athlete like that, they're going to burn it up. But for a regular club player that's a little older and have a slow metabolism, give them chocolate milk, they're going to gain body fat. Because it's a bit inflammatory and it's a simple sugar? Both, because the yeah. simple sugar is really going to make insulin surge big time, yes. But anytime. time... Um, you have a simple sugar coming in and also refined carbohydrates coming in of any type, whether it's a simple carbohydrate like candies or things like that, sweets, snacks, or even refined processed bread products or those mm-hmm. type things. Uh, what happens is those convert, the body converts those very quickly into a long-chain triglyceride, into fat. Long-chain. Yeah, because you can't use those, and so that, that's, that's body fat. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Makes you sense. want to have a slow-releasing glu- you know, glucose uh, carb that way and put a protein with it. So back in the – go ahead. No, I was going to say, is it good to drink one in the morning maybe and maybe not during competition if you had needed a Gatorade or a sports drink, a Powerade? Yeah, or a pickle saying, juice. Pickle juice. One yeah. thing is the performance level. Yeah. Uh, and when you're looking at uh, electrolytes, you know, you have electrolytes inside the cell, electrolytes outside the cell. Mm. Intracellular means inside. It's like potassium. Magnesium inside the cell, extra electrolytes on the outside are going to be like calcium and others, however, sodium. But what happens in our American diet, we get really more sodium and usually sometimes not as much potassium. Like a potato, for example, is very rich in potassium. Potassium, for sure. So, so, so when a person uh, is thinking of electrolytes, uh, 
you always have glucose like Gatorade in those solutions because the glucose is needed to drive those electrolytes into the cells to get you out of trouble. I see. But some people will drink those like just drinks, and they'll gain body fat only because it's a lot of sugars coming in. Or high fructose corn syrup, which is... That's right. That's yeah. right. And so that's the thing with that. But the chocolate milk for some people, yes. But in, it's interesting you said about in the morning because uh, even when the person has very slow metabolisms that are looking at carbs, there's four levels to lean bodies. Level one is you don't drop the starchy carb anywhere during the day. You have five meals a day, three major meals, and two snacks. And then, uh, but you're always having the right food, the right combination, that balance. And so you get a slow release of glucose and you're building metabolism because those foods and those meals make the body work harder. The digestion is slower and it's a good exercise the body goes through and the body heats up in response to that called thermic effective food tied to metabolism. It raises metabolism for three hours. So that metabolism is really going up there. It's upregulating. So you don't need any coffee or Five-hour energy or any of that kind of stuff. No. You, you've energy, already got you that a, everything. You know, you've for, got plenty of energy, but you're making real cellular energy, mm-hmm. as you should, ATP. So when you look at these drinks, so where I'm going back is yep. the person says, well, what about me? I'm a, I've been on a diet many times. Well, level two on the program means you would have half of a starchy carb at nighttime in your meal for your dinner meal. You'd have half potato, and those are all in the books. Or you could go to level three, which is like three and you're out. No starchy carb at dinner. You, you lose body fat even faster. And there's a level four, which no starchy carb at mid-afternoon snack or dinner. Timing. But you don't go further back than that start dropping carbs because at that point, your body has to have a certain amount of carbohydrates. In, to especially in the morning. You get, kind of get the Yeah, the, so the, in the morning, people say, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to have this bread in the morning. I'm not going to have like an Ezekiel bread or a stone ground bread in the morning. No, not even that because I'll, I'll gain, guess what? Your body has all day to burn that off. It is mm-hmm. impossible for that to go to body fat. You have all day to burn that off. So, but somebody that has uh, like chocolate milk, you know, that's a lot of sugars coming in. What happens, it's going to give you a faster rush of energy followed by a faster crash. So they are better off, you know, doing like, you know, if you had a, a real, literally uh, like chicken breast and a couple of slices of stone ground bread. With some mustard, you're going to get much better energy and longer energy. It's going to last longer throughout the day. Than much yes, so that fast. So, or is, is, so is white milk better than chocolate milk, or is, is there any difference, or or two percent, or well, yeah, the, that kind of stuff? Some people uh, do have an IgG response, immunoglobulin G response to dairy, and that means uh, that they don't have enough antibodies in their body to the number of antigens in that food, that dairy, which means they're going to have a food sensitivity, which makes cortisol levels go up, makes body fat go up, oh, uh, allergies, uh, gut issues. Uh, right. Or there's IgA, which are, uh, that's a different type of allergy. When they go to allergies, they say, well, these are really severe allergies. Don't eat those. You could have a shot of epinephrine. You need something right away. Uh, for, you know, for example, people have to have the, that with them. Now, that's a different situation. But most people deal with IgG, uh, and if they have uh, a problem with dairy, uh, they've got to really – watch that dairy and not do that. Some can have no problem with dairy and they'd be fine. So for those who had dairy, it's either way. It doesn't yeah, really I mean, matter. I, yeah. I, can, so I, I don't have problems with dairy. No, I don't My, either. I, did, I used to when I was weaker and, and had problems way back many years ago. I couldn't do dairy. It really bothered me. Now my gut is different. My, my IgG, I have no problems with dairy now. But uh, it was a day that I did, and I could not do that. Boy, I, did I have symptoms? But so I don't you have felt them. it. You you just processed it. Oh gosh, yeah. It. Oh, I, I bloated up like a like mm-hmm. a big bullfrog. Just oh, it was horrible. And then you can have gastrointestinal issues. Also, I had all that, so I had to really get off dairy for a while. Then when I got later into my program and doing those things, then um, you know my metabolism, everything changed. My my literally. Um, 
my chemistry at the cellular level balanced out so I can do dairy. Now, can I do a lot? I don't do a lot. I still do some. So, but I don't go back to a ton of dairy for me. Mm-hmm. Others can, like Craig, can can do that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what about plant based dairy, like almond milk? Yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's that a was good my question there. Cashew that, milk. That goes back. Milk, there's yeah. nothing wrong with those, but they're not the quality of proteins. I see. That are like a, a when you look at milk, that is a, has all of your eight essential amino acids. Now, almond is a complete protein. It's just it has a what we call a, a lower PER, protein deficiency ratio. It's a cheaper low quality protein so you're you're building your body back with the cheaper materials because remember your body will never use any protein like it is it's going to break it down and make its own protein from that and that's the protein your body runs on Mm -hmm. so you want to have the quality good stuff now that's solid biochemistry sounds like it wow yeah so pickle juice is that is that good also, too? Is that uh... Only drink pickle juice when you're playing pickleball. Uh-huh. Oh, that's it. Oh, that's better. There yeah. you go, see? That's easy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. When, they they want some pickle juice. If, when you're looking at things like uh, you've, you've had performance issues in the past, and you've realized that pickle juice made you feel better in the heat type thing that worked for you, you know, you do, you want to stay rehydrated. But the main thing for hydrating yourself is you want to make sure that your urine is pretty clear, at least mm-hmm. pale yellow to clear before you drink. You had enough water. To flush that through. Now, water is the universal solvent. There's nothing replaces water. And that's what also, uh, think of this, as one of my colleagues, Dr. Overberg, said so well, he said in one of his talks, he said, uh, you know, would you want to wash your body in, in pop? You no, know, I'm probably me, not. He said, would you want to wash your clothes in, in pop? Like no, Coke or Dr. Pepper right. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't think it's a problem with having an occasional Diet Coke or something, as long as you have plenty of water. But I don't want to. But no, you know the amount of uh, that the body's used for hydration of water is much higher than that of pop. Uh, so if I'm having a nice little latte here, that and I'm loving this, but if I try to live on these, some people do this instead of water yeah. all day long. Right. They don't hydrate. Also, water is needed to clean out the system, all the metabolites. So it also is as, as Dr. Robert said so very well. You get a, a great picture of this. He says it's like a a, a traffic jam happens of metabolites that can't get these waste products, can't get out of the body. There's not enough water to come in. It's so when the wa- when clear water comes in, then? It cleans it right out. It is the universal solvent. Mm-hmm. So we need plenty of water. And the rule still goes to eight large glasses a day. But whatever it takes eight? to get that clear, you know, beautiful wow. <laughs> urine. Yeah, right. You know, not to, but if you're going to a tennis match or any kind of match and you've got some pretty dark urine and enough water, you're, in trouble. you're asking for trouble. You're in trouble ahead of So you really need to start doing all that stuff the day before, right. just yeah, like what, what you hear right. most yeah. of the time. Yeah. So that's what cyclists, can they, do they, the difference between like a tennis player playing, like we were watching Federer and, and Djokovic, a five-and-a-half-hour match, can they sustain that? Do they have to drink so much an hour like a cyclist? What would a cyclist have to do compared? Because, I mean, they're going on the bike for 150 miles. Yeah. Is, is there a different type yeah, of their, – uh, their team, they will already know how much they have to have in order to not have a, have an issue. Mm-hmm. And, and as they're going, I've worked with triathletes and, and Ironmen before, and I've had to even work with uh, – I mean, all along the way, they have to eat and drink and go to even make They have to keep the, the fire stoked. Yeah, they have to have – For, for them, it's not them. five meals. It may be six, seven. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Small, yeah. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had one guy who uh, – we actually even used an MCT oil over time slowly and with a uh, MCT medium chain triglyceride. Medium chain triglyceride. And, and source would be what, coconut or? Uh, the best, the most pure source uh, is is going to be in chemistry. There's something called, uh, it's, it's uh, carbon atoms. Uh-huh. So a medium chain triglyceride 
is going to be a pure one. Uh, you want it to be at least 90% C8 chain. So C8, carbon atom chain C8 to C12, mm-hmm. makes that a, a medium chain triglyceride. Now, there are cheaper ones on the market. The best way to know, if your MCT is not in a glass bottle, it's a cheap one. And it's Plastic. Not doing a lot. Yeah. If it's in plastic, not it's probably not. Yeah. That's right. Or if it's in a powder, oh, I'm going to see though. It's a joke. No. So a very pure one in glass is going to be a 90% C8 chain. Now, that's what's going to get. We had a guy that actually, if you if you take that, you have to drizzle it over food because mm-hmm. it comes in so quickly. MCT will even go into a glucose-loaded cell like that. Now, here's the cool part about MCT. Um, a long-chain triglyceride, the type of triglyceride your doctor says, oh, your triglycerides are too high. Right. You know, that's different than the medium chain. So uh, medium chain is, is going to come through the body uh, and be broken down through a pathway very differently than conventional fats, long-chain triglycerides, okay? Uh, the MCT is going to go through the portal system, to the, through the portal vein, to the liver, and be burned there for energy. Anything left over comes to ketone body, and you pee out of your body. Mm-hmm. However, it's a very great energy source. And so for this particular Iron Man that, that I worked with, uh, he actually slowly put a little bit in his carbohydrate-protein drink he carried on his belt, and he would sip on this, and that was to help buffer it down where it would gripe your stomach. Okay. So pure MCT, you have to usually drizzle a little bit of time on food. Not to, boom. To, to blow it, to slow it down. Yeah, not right. one big old gulp. Yeah. That's right. Or you do it one time. I did uh-huh. that with a, a championship a bodybuilder, huge guy named John, Big John. And um, I told him, you cannot do this. And I saw him at the gym the next day. And he was there with the squat rack, just, oh, my God, John, did you take that? Yeah, I just did it straight. He down. took it all. Well, you won't do it again, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So MCT is a neat – we can talk all about that next yeah, time. There's a yeah. lot of pure neat things about MCT out there. Well, we know that you have to leave here in a couple of seconds. We always want to end on a couple of, of fun fun things that uh, Dr. Cliff has, does not know we're going to talk about. This this is totally, you know, we were going to surprise you. We, we're yeah. big James Bond fans. Okay, yeah. Big yeah, James yeah. Bond fans. So, <laughs> it seems like all our guests are, too. They, they are. Oh, well, they yeah. better be, yeah. you know, because oh, yeah. we're going to ask oh, yeah. the questions anyway. <laughs> yeah. Sean Connery, David Niven, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Tim Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, or Daniel Craig. Who's the, Who's the man? Who is your James Bond? I think Daniel because he's more tall. He's, really? he's still taller than me. But <laughs> you like the edgier shorter, one. He's shorter, man. I mean, he's a shorter big James he's Bond. He's an average height fellow, right? Average, no, not not uh, Sean Connery. I like him. I like Sean. I think Sean's one of the best. But I like Daniel. I, I, I'm sad to see Daniel go. So yeah. so Daniel Craig. I goes. think they're all great. okay. They're all different. Yeah. All right. So uh, favorite Bond girl. All right. So do you like? Uh, so I, I've chosen about ten names here. Right. Right. Honey Ryder, Doctor No. Pussy Galore, Goldfinger, mm-hmm. Domino Durval from Thunderball, the one and only Mrs. Bond, that would be Teresa DiVincenzo, Tracy, or Diana Rigg from On Her Majesty's Secret Service, oh. Plenty O'Toole, Alana Wood from Diamonds Are Forever, Holly Goodhead, another good name right there, Lois Childs from Moonraker, there's also Maud Adams, who was Octopussy from Octopussy, uh-huh. Jinx, Halle Berry from Die Another Day, Miranda Frost, Die Another Day, Vesper Lynn from Kareem, Casino Royale, which is you know, a pretty Daniel good one. Craig vehicle. Right? And from the great Austin Powers, international man of mystery, there's a lot of vagina. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I thought Hallie, I thought she was very realistic. Yes. Plus, mm-hmm. she kind of, you know, kind of dissed him. Oh, Braza, he didn't. 
He wasn't. He was door. a bird. He was looking for birds. You remember when she walked out of the water? Yeah. She, she asked him, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I'm looking for birds." Right. That's right. That's right. So I think she's kind of kind of scared him. So you're going to go for a Daniel Craig, but not Vesper Lynn. See, I thought you would have gone for Vesper Lynn no, for, for from Casino being, Royale. Just, both. I'm just not predictable. Both of Cliff's responses are on the modern side. Yes. I'm, yes. Yeah, I'm impressed. That? I'm that, amazed. That actually, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, that's very interesting. Tell us, tell us where we can find. Uh, we want to know about where we can find you, Cliff. What, yes. If people are listening to you, where can they find you on the internet? Can they call you? Can they email you? You know what what you got? What info? Yeah. Well, the easiest they could they can uh, email me at uh, Coach Cliff. Coach at Cliff. Cliffsheets That's it. They can okay. go to a couple of websites. They can go to uh, Cliffsheets dot com, mm-hmm. uh, and they can go to uh, LeanBodies.com. So and and this is where the book is available, also. Uh, the books, uh, the book is Amazon. You know, yeah, you can, everywhere. Yeah. Do, do you have one that talks to you as well? Is it on? Because I, I don't Audible. read very well. Uh, do you have an audible book, audio book? I don't. I don't read. I'm yeah. from Oklahoma. Yeah, we no, don't read. No, I don't think the book would work for you anyway. Oh, there's no pictures. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Well, That's right. It's just like you know, tip and mitten. You know, I, I got to have the big words. You know, like 18 point font. Right. And, yeah. That's I like that too. See, like this. See on this piece of paper right there. See, I have to. You have to have big font right there. So before you go, can you read the radio, yes. the podcast liner? We've got, we got to have the podcast yeah. liner okay. for Doctor Sheets. Yes. Okay. Go. Hi, my name is Cliff Sheets, and when I think tennis, I always think of at the net podcast with AJC and CB One. Very nice. What a great voice. Will you come back? Will you come back again? I mean, because we, I mean, we could spend hours talking with Cliff about nutrition coming oh, and fitness. We didn't even get yeah, in the fitness yeah, side we, of, we of this and, and yeah. all the other people that uh, sure. you trained with Cher and, yeah. and uh, Howard Stern. Those are fascinating stories as well. And, and, and uh, pro athletes, not yeah, just and celebrities. Pro, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so you've, you've got a, a, a vast amount of, of information, I think, that I've people would be. Stories. You have I'll some stories? I'll leave you with this. I have, the way that I met Cher. Uh, when she came down the stairs, what had just happened, what I'd just done in her nice living room floor by accident with all those expensive uh, skins. Her house is in, like, African mo- motif. I'm surprised she wasn't she vegan? Didn't, I'm surprised she didn't walk right back up the stairs and tell me to leave. And wait till I tell you that one. That, that, so that's the cliff hanger. That's how we oh, do it. That's, oh, how we oh, nice. that's a rim shot. Give me a rim shot. Cliff hanger. <laughs> Come on. on. She actually <laughs> saw me on CBS this morning, and that's how it invited me to come out and work with her. But when I met her, I'm surprised I got to go past that. Were you back in the day with Charles uh, Charles Corralt in, in uh, CBS this morning? Or was this no, on CBS no. like with how Harry? That's a story, uh, too, because my book had done very well locally. I had a radio show here for 17 years on KLF Radio. and uh, However, um, it did very well. It was on the Dallas Morning News for 80 weeks in a row. And then uh, Regionally was a bestseller. It did great, but I could not get out nationally. And I actually sent a copy of Lean Bodies. A colleague of mine uh, had been on CBS this morning, and um, he did a great job. And so I just sent a book to Dr. Bob Arnott. He mm-hmm. was the yep, Dr. health Bob. and fitness guy at the right. time. Mm. And then Harry was on there and Paula's on, all the crew. And so I just sent the book and just said, hey, I've got this. And yeah, yeah, that was it. Didn't hear a word. Didn't expect to. And about a month later, Dr. Arnott calls me and says, I've been following your program for a month. I had a lot of aches and pains, inflammation, AJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, this and that was going on with me. This is life-changing for me. Will you let us... Break this to the nation. Well, of course, I'm going. What that really means is, will you let us do this first and not, um, you know, uh, Good Morning America? Right. And 
little he knows. They want the scoop. I'm just going, hey, uh, well, whatever. But <laughs> he accidentally, the whole thing, he sent a crew down to take my classes that I taught. Um, a camera crew were down for about three or four days. And then uh, he actually broke it to the nation. There's, And I watched it in my living room. He had different people that uh, you know, had done well on the program. They interviewed as well, went to their homes, how they were cooking and eating and all that. They did a great program. Played all that. Harry interviewed him, and he talked about it, and the book took off like that, like crazy. And then, and the rest is history, yeah, as they I say, right? I watched it off my living room happen. I go, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> did did uh, all of a sudden... Uh, well, I didn't like to fly at that point. I had a bad experience flying to the Tennessee University in 1974, Sweet Bar College. Ah, uh-huh. yes, yes. Yeah. Going over, it was a horrible, uh, whoa, bad experience. I didn't li- I would fly, but if you were next to me, you'd be ready to kill me. I'd go, where are you from? Oh, you're from Oklahoma. What's going on? I'll talk <laughs> you to death. And I did shut down a uh, bathroom in first class once. Uh, oh, I, a, I bet you that I was fun. So upset. They, they shut it down. Oh, okay. And embarrassed my wife because I was so upset, but I would hide it. And I'm fine flying now, but that uh, that that was the first thing that hit me when they said you're that they said you're going on book tour, and I went what? <laughs> so how many how many so, how many how many book tour signings and dates did you go out on then? I've been five books, and so I've done uh, let's see, Lean Bodies, and six months later, uh, that became a national bestseller right off, and then uh, the Lean Bodies Cookbook came out six months later, became a national bestseller, and then uh, Total Fitness. Uh, Thirty Days to Swim a Suit Lean, and uh, all those. So, yeah, so you've you been on a lot of you've been on a lot yeah, of book tours, yeah. haven't you? People say now I want you to write another book, and I do have another book in me. I'd love to. However, when I write a book, if you're going to have a success, you're gone. Uh, you do. Uh, I've done hundreds of radio shows. You do a lot of national TV. You do. If you're booked on CBS this morning, then you're also your publicist is booking you on everything all the other locally. Right. You're just. I mean, I would get up. I would. I would do easy sometimes eight to ten radio shows. Within a two-day, sometimes one-day period, just from call-ins, just constant, and all that. So, but this has been the most fun, right? This is this has been the most different. <laughs> oh, hey, there we go. Different's it good. It's been isn't? a lot of hey, different. Hey, you know, different's good. I, I like that. You, I appreciate you having me. No. Yes, I love. No, it. you're oh, always you welcome so back much. anytime. I mean, that's. Right. I mean, I find nutrition and fitness fascinating. There's so many other questions that we we had for you, but uh, we well, know I'm, that I'm the nerd that likes to read all that new research coming out. And then I like to put it into qualitative real world we all can use. Science-based, yeah, yeah. Right. We have some listeners out there who are real nerds, too. And we really appreciate that you weren't afraid to go deeper on some of these topics. Thank you. Glad yeah, to do it. thank it you. Thank absolutely. you. Well, thanks Anytime. for your time. Oh, my goodness. You, you want, What are you doing uh, tomorrow? <laughs> we, we, we might Monday night. You know. Is that Monday night? Yeah, Monday night. Come on back. Yeah, Let's hit some balls and, uh, yeah, and we'll, we'll, talk we'll yeah. tennis. We'll, we'll fire talk. back my, up. My very first TV show, real quick, was uh-huh. uh, uh, Body by Jake, and they were taping at the Mirage Hotel, and it was a in a Vegas. White, yeah, in Vegas, and it was a, they taped for two weeks the entire season. Tommy Lasorda was right on before me. They taped three shows a day. I taped two different shows with Jake, and. Uh, that was my first one, and it was hilarious. But it was you know, that's I had to go do three three shows. You know, I had to tape all that. You know, no what? two shows. Uh, I had to tape two shows, and so in one day I taped two shows. So I can even do two shows with you in one day. In so one day, when I have time. Well, come back after you, after <laughs> wherever you're going. Come on back. But that's how old I am. That was back in 1992. What, was was Tommy Lasorda at that time a chain smoker? He had just done Slim Slime. I mean, Slim Fast. <laughs> <laughs> And he lost all the weight the wrong way, and he was there. And, um, yeah, 
He was talking uh, to him about that. So, but, so he uh, needed some uh, his uh, keto diet. He needed some Listerine on his keto diet. Well, no, well, he just drank powder and then one sensible meal at night. That was the deal with that one. Sensible. That's that was it. Yeah. Does that mean like yeah, at eight thousand? It's another way to starve yourself. But that mm. was way back. But it's funny because I tape shows, so this is like taping. Yes. So we just tape. Put them in the can and go. Put them in the can and go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. We, we appreciate it. We know you need to go. So that's, we Thank appreciate you. Enjoyed it thoroughly. Appreciate your time. And like I said, you know, you're always welcome back because nutrition and, and fitness, that's the essence of what we do. Cliff understands from a tennis standpoint. It's uh, vital. It's it, vital. Uh, oh. Thank you. Right. Yeah. You no, we appreciate your time and you know, your research and all your good stuff that uh, you have out for us. And so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely get, get you back. Great. Because the cliffhanger. Oh, we can't, yeah. We can't, we can't go off the cliff without Cliff, right? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Instagram post, and I'm hashtagging Cher. Oh, yes. Well, she might, one, she might say something. The one worst in that is Howard. How, to, how the heck did Stern. I get on Howard Stern? That's, that's, a, that's an interesting that story, too. That's a, that's a funny well, one. and he's got to tell his jokes, too. I mean, I, oh, t- tell the one joke you told me you know, last night before. Uh, I, have the, the, I have a pizza joke. Yeah, this is funny. Love it. It's too cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. I'll go out with that. That's it. Right that there. was the sauciest way to end a sex. Oh, yeah. my goodness. That's right. Yeah, he's, he's got a good poly and saturate joke also, too, that I want him to tell. But that's for another time. Thanks, that's Cliff. Right. Thank we appreciate you your time. And, Thanks, uh, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for running the boards there, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Dave the Brain. You know, Dave he's, the brain he's, is here. He's going to make us sound real good. He always does. He does? He does? You guys sound good. Yeah, well, and we've also got to talk about music as well because he's a he's a musician, plays musician. guitar. I, I've enjoyed. He the is band a here, Renaissance yeah. man. This I'm guy a, I'm really I'm, I'm a has been on music. I'm Are you? We'll you talk you're giving that. it up? No, I mean, just my public's just you know, there's just not. I'm, I guess my style's just gone. I mean, you know. <laughs> no, rock and roll is not dead. The, no, rock and roll. I'm thinking about the uh, the bell bottoms and the blue jeans again. I guess. And and and, and the uh, flowery shirts with the uh, peace sign on them. Yep. All right. So, were you at Woodstock? Just before you go, were you at Woodstock? No, I do have a client that was there. Really? Yeah. At Woodstock? Yeah, wow. out there, at Woodstock. Wow. Yes. That, that'd be a, a good story He's as well. great stories. All right. Sure. He lived well, through it. Well, thanks for your time. Thanks <laughs> right. for your time. You, you know, we know, you, like I said, you got to go, and so don't uh, don't hang around and talk to us. We, we've left uh, left you 25 minutes, you know, yeah, over that's okay. time. My wife's going to worry you. She knows. What, oh, with Craig Bell, that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it's, why. You're going to oh, throw me yeah. under the bus. Golly. Come I'll on. Kathy's going to be mad sure at me. Like you've got a trouble. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Yeah. So he, she's going to be mad at me. So, but I guess I'm always right. in the doghouse. So, but uh, thanks for your time, okay. and you bet. we'll see you down the we'll road. See okay. you soon. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Boy, wasn't that a great segment, AJC? Tremendous guest, uh, informative, um, personal, great voice, and even vulnerable, as confident as he, as he is with all the science. That was really neat. And he, he led us into his life a little bit, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cliff's great. I, th- I think he's he's one of my favorite Tremendous uh, guy, yeah. people. He uh, noted uh, tennis pro- professional, mm-hmm. uh, musician, uh, nutritionist. Uh, science, training, yeah. just science, science just, physical, yeah. Like I said, he's a real Renaissance man in in the world. Just just a really smart guy, and appreciate him uh, being on uh, for a segment. Uh, so we got a couple other segments to talk about today Please. on um, uh, over on July fourteenth, and this is the story behind the story today. This is kind of an interesting day. Back in uh, two thousand and two, July fourteenth, Phil 
Phil and Taylor Dent made history. Did you know that? The Dents are here, living here in the Keller area. They are from SoCal. Phil is originally from Australia. Yes. But, uh, yeah, they're right here in, in our area in, in North in, Texas. In our neck of the woods, as they say. And how do they make history? Not together, but uh, I, I would think separately. Yeah, well, separately, but it, collectively. Taylor wins his first American title, or actually ATP title, uh-huh. at the Hall of Fame Championships in Newport, Newport. Rhode Island, making him. And his dad, Phil, the first only father-son duo to win ATP singles titles in the open era. Tremendous. Isn't that amazing? So Phil, uh, yeah, Australian, he won three titles during his career, Sydney in 71 uh, and 79 in Brisbane in 79. So he was uh, a singles guy that uh, was a good, really excellent player, probably one of the, I wouldn't say forgotten Australian guys, but he was right there at the pinnacle with, with all the great Australian players. Absolutely, and, and a regular um, in slams in uh, quarters oh, yeah. and fourth round of all the slams. Yeah, yeah. so he, he was a, a fine player in his own right, and then Taylor wins his first title. Uh, up at the Hall of Fame Championships up in New- Newport, Rhode Island, which is coming mm-hmm. up uh, this coming week, I yeah, think. Yeah, Hall of Fame time. That's that's something. It's kind of interesting. To... They go usually. You kind of think of Wimbledon being the last grass court tournament, but actually, it's the Hall of Fame Championships that uh, takes place. I guess starting tomorrow. Yeah, it's a tremendous. It's a gorgeous court. That horseshoe court. The Hall of Fame inside. I don't know if you've ever been, Craig. Have you? I've not been to the Hall it's of Fame. A, it's a remarkable little place, and. Um, uh, they have things from the 20s and 30s and the James Van Allen, who's actually from there, the man who came up with the tiebreaker, um, you know, clothes that Nastasi wore or the racket that Rod Laver had. Uh, it, it's a tremendous place. Any, any Anybody that's uh, traveling through the air should at least spend a couple hours there, uh, morning, afternoon, whatever, at least uh, yes. or, and it, or and more. If, if you time it right, you too can pay a few bucks. And maybe it's a little more than a few bucks to play on that court. Too. Oh, really? I, They'll let you get out there. I've had the pleasure of not hitting on the horseshoe, ba- uh, horseshoe, uh, the court stadium, yes. that one. But uh, I've hit on one of the outside courts with my dad. It's one of my great memories as a and there were the grass courts drive, and, and there we played on grass and what a joy. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. What what a what a what a great memory and I'm sure what a great memory for the Dent family as well yeah. on this day and the story behind the story. Also have a couple of birthdays. This is a new segment, new yes. part, new part of the uh, at the net podcast. Is I will tell you about uh, who had some birthdays around this time. Yeah. So on July 14th. Igor Andrev, you know that? Yes, he's one of the few um, ATP players who has beaten Rafa Nadal on clay. Yes, that, that is, list is not long. You no, know, it's not. Yeah. Not a, not. It's probably about less than <laughs> less than double digits. I would yeah, think there's probably yeah. single digits. But he was born in 1983. A couple of other uh, interesting people that are coming up. The person who is the uh, record holder of 24 Grand Slam oh. singles, Miss Margaret or Mrs. Margaret Court. Yeah. July 16th, 1942, uh, Mel Purcell. Oh, from the great Kentucky, USA, right. yes. Yes, uh, he was born on the 18th of July. We've got uh, Ilya Nastasi, born on the 19th of uh, July. Also, oh, th- this. I, you know, I, I the viewers can't see this, but I happen to be wearing my yes. Romanian Davis Cup jersey this, right now. In honor of yeah. Simona Halep, who we're going to talk about here in a minute. She did a good job yesterday, and I know... She recognized officially Ion Tiriak in yes. the crowd, but um, I think Nastasia was also influential in her life. I yeah. would imagine so. Also, yeah. two people that were talked about on the Craig Carden uh, podcast, 
Vince Spadia, yes. 19 and 74. I wouldn't trade you. He ain't afraid of you. <laughs> and the X-Man also, too. Xavier, Xavier Melise. They were born on the exact same day. What are the odds of a man coaching two, two tour players born on the same, same day. birthday? D- different years. The X-Man born in yeah. 1980. Vince Spadia. Yeah, yeah. Six years younger. Yeah. 74. Also, Mike Estep, a uh, local guy. Another Nin- coach yes. of Martina. Martina Davertalova. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was really kind of interesting what, what was going on. You know, there's also another famous coach that was uh, born in uh, July. That would be Nick Bolateri, born 19 and 31 on July 31st. Tremendous. Man, that guy's still going, so that makes him, what, uh, 88 years old? And then Tremendous. Dennis Ralston, 1942, was born on July 27th. Yvonne Gulagong, born on July 31st as well in 1951. Uh, let's see, who else might be of note? that we Arthur Ashe, born on July 10th, mm-hmm. 1943. Jenny Wade, Virginia Wade, our Jenny. Our Jenny. Our Jenny, yes. Todd Martin. Also uh, on uh, speaking of the Hall of Fame, he's uh, he's up there. CEO he's the CEO of the, yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, wa- uh, Caro Carol Wozniacki, or I guess or Caroline Lee. Now I guess is That's her name. Right. Born on July eleventh, uh, nineteen ninety. See if there's anybody else. Allison Risk, who had a pretty good uh, Wimby, uh, July third, nineteen ninety. I, I always enjoy Brad Gilbert's nickname for her. Risk and reward, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you got to go with the nicknames, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pat McEnroe, nineteen and sixty-six, July first. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of your favorite Musketeers was born on uh, July second. Oh, it's got to be Rene Lacoste. Rene yeah. Lacoste. Yeah. <laughs> so there you have it, right there, and some other. Uh, Pam Shriver, also born on July fourth. Uh, so quite a few. John Roddick, uh, Dwight Davis of Davis Cup fame, uh, born on July 5th. So mm-hmm. we've got, oh, and the Beast. I'll, I'll say the last one. Max, Max Mir- Marigny of Belarus. Yes, uh, the Beast was born on uh, July 6th. But but a lot of famous birthdays in, in July. I thought that would be kind of a fun segment to, yeah. to add to uh, to what we're talking about. Uh, let's, let's work on the second set now. We had a great first set. The second set, let's do our thoughts on Southwest 19. Mm-hmm. That would be the address of uh, the All England Lawn and Tennis Club. Uh, let's do a little wrap-up. What we thought about maybe the men's finals, women's finals. Uh, let's go with the women's finals first. Got to start with the women's final. That yep. was um, uh, since it was the taping. first one on Saturday. Yeah, it was yep. our t- in our taping schedule. It was yesterday. It was in the morning. Yep. Uh, inspired all of us who got to hit some balls midday Saturday. Uh, uh, just a little more pep in your step after you see a match like that, even though it was a lot shorter than we thought. Yes, the, uh, a lot shorter. The movement. 56 minutes or something like Trem- that? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Was was uh, that a beatdown or what? Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to even call it a beatdown because she, uh, Simona, you know, it was just little nicks and cuts here and there. It wasn't an overpowering performance. It was a suffocating performance with her movement and her feel and her touch and overcoming and redirecting the power of Serena Williams. That was a, it was a quite a display. Yeah, she did. I thought, she, I mean, she just handled her. Dismantled her basically. That was that's uh, not anything that you're going to see. That's probably I bet you the worst final ever. I can't imagine there being a. a, a I mean, you'd have to go back to when Steffi beat MJ Fernandez at the Roland Garros to to get a quicker match than that. Yeah, we'd have to actually look that up. Now or not even with warm up and, yeah. and commercial time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was one of those ones. I think Serena's like, ooh, I'll take that Southwest Airlines one to get away commercial. Oh. Get out of the, you know. At some point, she was just not. Sad, not having it. I mean, sad, sad, you just yeah. didn't wake up on the right side of the bed, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, I feel bad for Serena, but you know what? There'll be another day, another another dollar. Oh, she'll be back. She, yeah. She's just got too much. She's dripping with so much skill, so much talent, and amazing, perfect technique on that serve 
it's going to be hard to push her out of this game. I don't feel too bad for her. You know, getting second. You know, I mean, gosh, you know, there there's probably 126 other people would like to be in her her position. So, you know, yeah, there's only one winner. That's yeah. that. There's 128 draws. So mm-hmm. she ended up uh, second out of 128. That's not that's that's not too bad. Not too shabby. And we'll be talking about prize money on down the road. So uh, she oh, she got a nice paycheck for that. Uh, what about uh, the men's uh, final instant classic? You know, would we go Instant right to the classic. top? I mean, it was longer than the longest from 08, the Strokes of Genius match. Yes. The Rafa over Roger. Uh, it was it was five sets, but really it felt like six, wouldn't you say? Oh, my goodness, yeah. I mean, yeah, they. Yeah. I was uh, I was just enamored with the fact that uh, uh, Djokovic, the, the sets he won were all in tiebreakers. And, That's and, right. And so then, and then. Then he, I don't know where he went on the other two sets. You know, the second set and the fourth set, he just kind of, kind of went around on a walkabout, as the Aussies say. They just, he just didn't look like he was particularly interested in playing. And you it's know, true, he he got tried. down an early break in that second set. Um, I don't, I, I don't think he tanked it. I will say, um, if it was Nick Kyrgios, I think everyone would say he tanked it. But Joker, like you said, he wasn't uh, all there. Right. He looked numb. He looked devastated and. There is definitely a strategic element or a tactical, I should say, element of, yep, I've, I'm down a break. I'm yeah. not going to fight. I'm going to slap a few. Let's see how it goes. And if I don't get this back, I will pack my bags for this set and try my absolute hardest in the third. When Every he time did, he does that, he beats Federer, you know, because he did that at the U.S. Open. He's you know, done it. Remember when, when Federer was up two match points yes. serving for a, you know, a U.S. Open title? And Djokovic just goes out there and starts slapping balls just like, eh, you know, I don't care. I, I wasn't in the stadium at the time, but I was in New York, and I could swear I heard that forehand. Yes. Yeah, oh. From outside the stadium. Oh, it was yeah. unbelievable. I mean, we could hear it down in Dallas. Yeah. I mean, it, it was yeah. it was just that crazy, and I'm sure Federer's sitting there going, he's got to be thinking t- tonight, what can I do, you know, to, against this guy? I mean, I mean, he, he had two match points again, you know, in the – in the uh, uh, let's see, that would be at ten nine, I think, wasn't it? What didn't he break at ten nine, or was it nine eight when he broke? And he was up, he was serving at nine eight. He was serving for the match and had two, two uh, forty fifteen. Yes, yeah. And it's like golly, man, I was, and you could tell the uh, the crowd was was definitely behind um, uh, Mister Mr. Federer. Yeah, um, Federer. There are a number of reasons, and we could go on for five or six sets talking about why everybody loves Federer. But one of the things I enjoy about him is his tennis is very expressive. It is uh, gutsy. It's fun. It's diverse. On those two match points, I don't think he was as expressive as normal, and Djokovic was rock solid. Was he just a little too careful maybe? Trying not to lose, maybe let Joker... You know, try Cave, to yeah. have an error or something like that. That's yeah. that's just not the way. I mean, he he played so well. I mean, for a guy that's you know thirty seven years point something years yeah, old, almost right. thirty eight years old, right? In about a month, yeah. Yeah, I was I was I was really impressed that uh, you know, as we were talking to Cliff about diet and, and mm-hmm. exercise and that kind of stuff. Whatever Federer's done and his team has definitely you know worked really well for a guy that's. Uh, I wouldn't say advanced in age. I'd like yeah. to go back to be 37 again My or 38. But. And, and everybody talks about the talent of Federer. Uh, quite a few talk about the hard work, but the um, the alchemy, the the unique, amazing scientific combinations of agility, talent, diet, science, all these elements that have gone into producing that, to borrow Cliff's expression about Djokovic earlier, 
that Ferrari or that thoroughbred. That's there. correct. It's uh, it's really remarkable, and I was actually uh, inspired, and I couldn't help but smile uh, when he said, "You know, I I, uh, I hope this inspires some of the other thirty-seven-year-olds out there because it's not over." Two minutes after he said that, Djokovic comes up and he's he's got the trophy in his left hand. Sue Barker's there with the mic and uh, to his right, and he says, "You know, Roger, when you said that." I'm one of the guys who you inspired with that. Like, I want to be around here. Still uh, playing. Yeah, at 37. And maybe breaking your record. <laughs> wow. I, I, that's exactly where my want, mind went. Like, like, that was appreciative and gracious, but it was also like, uh, okay, I have, I have 16 slams now. Right. And pretty soon I'll have 20. Yeah. And I'm four behind you, man. I'm coming. Here come, here I come in the in, in your rear view, rear view mirror. That is you know, And along with Nadal, I would have never thought – Anybody would have beat Pistol Pete. I, I thought he just punched that thing out there so far. And here, here comes a guy like Roger Federer, and then here comes a guy like Rafael Nadal. And yeah. guess what? There's another guy There's out there. There's a third one. Yeah. There's a third one. I mean, it's a three-headed monster that has has just basically the last ten years has just dominated men's tennis like no other, and like Serena has also too, obviously right, right. on the women's side too. She right. she she's been great for the game. I think I I love watching greatness. I. I I don't mind the New York New England Patriots winning, you know, Super Bowl titles. Dynasty. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah, I just like watching greatness in action and why they are great. You know, that's cuz it's going to it's going to be eventually end, you know, yep. M- Michael Jordan in basketball. Anytime that I remember being really cognizant of the fact that he's not going to be around forever. So any Bulls game that would come on in the 90s, I'd pretty much watch it. Even though I wasn't a Chicago Bulls fan, I just wanted to see Michael Jordan play because I like to watch greatness. I just think that whatever the intangible is, you know, uh, these two guys have have it. Nadal has it. I mean, he's definitely always in the conversation as well. I I feel this way about uh, – literature and acting too. Daniel Day-Lewis is an example. Oh my gosh, what a primo actor. Yeah, remarkable. And even if I'm not terribly interested in the subject matter, I'm watching that movie. He he can transform himself in like no other. Remarkable. One of the greatest actors of our generation probably. I I have to say like that. that, And and I wanted to mention that because this is uh, an entertainment podcast, not just all about tennis. Right? No, no, yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we talk all sorts of subjects. Absolutely. Yeah, we were talking James Cliff, Bond. James Bond, man. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, we we had some other. No, clips. no Oscars there, but no. uh, right. But, but certainly Did they ever not win an Oscar? Is any of the Bond movies? I think for music. Right, right. Yeah. For music, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a there was one that was actually a number one song, I believe. Uh, back in the 80s, I'll have to think about that here for a second. Yeah, one of their songs, most of the James Bond songs have not been really. Uh, I, uh, I, all I can think of is Skyfall, and that was from the current era and from the eighties. Possibly, I was the nobody Durant. does it better. Late seventies, uh, Duran uh, Duran. Didn't they sing? Oh, you're right. Uh, mid eighties. Uh, that was in uh, um, View to a Kill. Yes, I think that was yeah. uh, that yeah. ended up being uh, a number one song. Yeah, I, I think if I, if I recall correctly, my James Bond makes sense history. We'll have to get our yeah. crackpot staff on. Yeah, and researching. I, I, I'm guessing that wasn't an Oscar. It was probably a Grammy or, or something yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. But uh, anyway, let's move on. All right. Let's let's, let's talk about. Uh, I thought there was an interesting controversy there. There was a little bit of a dust-up between Billie Jean King and Serena. So I wanted to get your thoughts on what uh, uh, the, the media, the all the stuff on Twitter, that kind of stuff. Billie Jean King calls out, calls on Serena to give up being a celebrity. Is is that uh, is that uh, we're talking about pop culture? You know, that was uh, on Twitter yeah. of all places, right there. Th- these you, two need no introduction, yes. and they need no additional press because they're the they're the the queen and queen of queen mother and queen of yeah of uh, I would say women's sports in general, not just tennis. Well, Billie Jean King, there's there's 
undisputed champion of women's equality. Right. I mean, right. the undisputed for any sport, not just tennis, but just women's sports in general. You cannot have a bigger name than Billie Jean King, and, and no one can question her on that topic. I, I don't think there's any any way, any shape, form, fashion that uh, you can question her motives, anything whatsoever. But Serena wasn't real happy with with what Billie Jean. I, I don't like the way the way that that Serena rewarded her. Uh, context, but go ahead and, and what do you? Yeah, you had a thought. I know. Well, that. I, I well, thank you. I, I think um, I think Billie Jean King is a, a remarkable person and can be diplomatic when she wants to be, but never really has to be diplomatic. If she she says what she yeah. wants, and yeah. and in my view, I, you know, I realize we can view this as a dust up, possibly because of Serena J. Williams's reaction, which I, I want you to get to in yes, a moment. I've got, I've yeah. got it right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Uh, there's a part of me who's thinking, man, Serena, uh, uh, like Billie Jean King could have been a little less diplomatic, and and you may not be seeing that. Billie Jean King could have just just told it like it is and said, a um, little less time on the Hollywood yes. during these two weeks, get fit, young lady, and compete like a champion, and then go back to Hollywood, like go back to it. Yes, and, and she could have said, "Get your in those record, words, and go. Get your record, and go home." And, and I, or and, go do and, what you want. And that may have smarted a little bit. Um, uh, tell me your take okay. on how Serena's reaction well, went. Th- th- now, this is when asked about King's comments. Yeah. William said, and I quote: yeah. "The day I stop fighting for equality, and the people that look like you and me will be the the day I'm in my grave." Close quote. And I'm like, "Now wait a minute. That's not what she actually said. She just said stop being a celebrity. Not, you know, she t- she twisted. I think the words a little bit." To kind of her own platform, so that's just me, Serena. Bad on you. I mean, that's that's uh, that's not what Billie very, Jean. Very, very professionally crafted response. Um, I'm not saying her handlers crafted it. I'm saying that uh, Serena decided not to address Billie Jean King, right? And decided to stand up on a platform and use it a bit, right? And, yeah. and, and and she's done it before, and she's done it well, and people consider her the queen and. She's going to get away with this. Maybe not on this podcast, but, but I'm calling her out on it. I mean, I appreciate I, I, that. I really don't think that that was a bad comment. Billie Jean just said, and here's what she said uh, also too. Billie yeah. Jean further along in the interview, she opined that Williams should focus on tennis if she'd like to match or break court's record. Uh, quote: You've never you never count her out. Every time she wins one match, yeah. one more match helps. Quite frankly, if I were Serena, I would give up being a celebrity for a year and a half. King said. If she wants to win titles, if she wants to beat records, that's the question. I don't know what she wants. No more Met Galas, Galas, whatever, mm-hmm. Gala Gala, mm-hmm. however you say it, tomato, tomato. Just stop all the insanity because she is trying to be everything. And so she really wasn't, you know, throwing her under the bus from an equality standpoint. She didn't say, you know, anything about I, – I get I get tired of that platform. Personally, that's just me, you know. Uh, um, in my view, Billie Jean King gets yet another honorary Ph.D. for what she just said. Um, she's also got, in a way, she could, you could say she's got a Ph.D. in topping Margaret Court and yes. is rooting for Serena yeah. to top Margaret I, Court. She, she wasn't saying, and, yeah. and she said she added even further, especially at her age, you have to give her all these peripheral things mm-hmm. if you want to do this. If she's quite happy the way she she is, then that, then fine. You know, that's uh, she's got a business, a baby. She's trying to help gender equality. Equity, mm-hmm. particularly for women of color, uh, those ventures, according to King, make winning on the tennis court much harder. But it makes it much harder. I would like her to put uh, everything else aside because she's got people working on those things. So that's that's kind of an interesting. You know, I mean, I don't see 
Serena's response being that, you know, I mean, Billie Jean was just, hey, she's doing great. You know, I don't know how she does it all, but she really wants to win. Yeah. You know, hey, come on. You know, you got you got to put put this down for a year and a half. Let the, let your handlers do all that stuff. You know, let uh, let Tony Godsick be your your guy out there. You know, that's Roger Federer's agent, agent and, and, and Coco Goff's agent. Right, and then go go let them do all that stuff, and then you get down to business of like Roger at thirty mm-hmm. thirty eight almost. Yeah. You know, practicing and watching what he's doing, and and uh, yeah. You know, it, it should be mentioned, Roger does go to the Met Gala. And Roger yes. uh, does he, do a Vogue interview and references Anna Wintour and had a, a snake embroidered on the back of his suit. So he manages the whole um, uh, celebrity but also serious athlete thing. And there's definitely a part of me who wonders, hey, what if he listened to BJK a little bit? Yeah. What if the king listened to the, the, mm-hmm. the king? Yeah. Billie Jean King. And uh, – you know, maybe that's the six inches uh, yeah, that, that he, he misses. Yeah, th- th- that he may have won another Wimbledon today. Right. Who knows? I mean, it's it's, it's fascinating theory. Yeah. I mean, that 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 was. Uh, we're getting a little TMZ. This is a little pop culture for us. And There's nothing wrong with that. This ain't right. no X's and O's. This nope. is more about our, our. We're just kind of spitballing on yeah. uh, on something. Also, too, here's another uh-huh. another little spitballing opportunity. Yes. Uh, Novak Djokovic addresses his wife's absence at Wimbledon 2019 after mm-hmm. winning the men's final. So, mm-hmm. where was Jelena Djokovic? Yeah, Jelena was with the daughter. Yeah. back in Belgrade. Yes. The son, Stefan, was with the grandparents and, of course, Novak this whole two weeks. But noticeably absent. Now, he, he yep. did try to say, he goes, now he said, my wife and, and daughter are here in London, but they're at oh, home. But here at London. But so, it, I I, who knows? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So I give them a big, big hug. He goes, he goes, turning to the camera, he addressed, is it Jelena, Helena? You know? I think Yelena. 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 There yeah. you go. Yeah. Well, I'm from Oklahoma. You know, you we, we yeah. can mispronounce stuff. That's right. And his daughter, Tara. As he said, uh, quote, I love you and I'll see you soon, close quotes. And so, uh, you know, I don't know. I just kind of, you know, so his kid was there. His, his son was there with him, which he was holding his hand. He was definitely, I saw that, you know, right. after he walked around with his son. And, you know, he, he uh, was talking to, uh, uh, you know, uh, Prince uh, Prince William and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Catherine. Uh, and they were, you know, just chit-chatting there. You can see his son, you know, right there with him. He's right. about four or five, it seemed like, and yep. kind of walking around. But no wifey and no, uh, <laughs> you know, the uh, Federer seemed to have, you know, Mirka, she had plenty of, of, of uh, time on the camera today. And you saw Fed's dad and mom, and you saw the Joker's mom yep. and dad. But, you know, no no Joker wife. You know, yeah. that, that uh, you know, it seemed like that... Uh, does absence uh, say something? That's an interesting story. I, I would love to get to the bottom of that. And there are some mysterious things from two, three years ago when uh, uh, there was an alleged affair. There was another alleged affair. Um, I, I hope they've worked some things out because uh, right. the guy's a remarkable champion, and I hope he um, I yeah. hope he strips it down and stays at the top of his game for a few more years. Oh, yeah. I mean, that. I mean, you get to that level. I'm, I'm sure that uh, there there are many opportunities. I was going to ask Cliff about his, uh, you know, his uh, book tour. I'm sure there are opportunities. You know, maybe musicians. You know, you go out there and you know, you, there's uh, distractions. Let's put it that yeah. way. I'm not going to say people yeah. do things, but I would imagine that, uh, especially if you're a sports athlete, uh, you know, you know, good-looking guy, you got plenty of cash. You know, yeah. you got some free time. You know, go back to the hotel. There might be a fan or two around that might be interested in in. Uh, Talking at the bar, let's mm-hmm. say, you know, and uh, canoodling up, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, I, I, I'm, and I'm certainly not saying that that uh, uh, you know 
that was the cause of anything. But it just seems a little strange, a little odd that uh, yeah. uh, wife isn't there. But, hey, they might be happy, and that's what they decided to I, do. I hope so, and I know he's yeah. the most focused uh, tennis professional we've seen since probably Yvonne Lendl. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Yeah, yeah the guy's guy is really unbelievable yeah. at, at what he does. But uh, uh, moving along, let's uh, in the second set here, let's yes. uh, talk about um, – one very own Savannah Broadus, oh, right. a local girl winning junior Wimby doubles, girls doubles. Very nice. Good effort right there, as they say. Excellent Good on effort. you. Good on you, kid. Uh, she uh, was actually in an event that you and I broadcast with uh, Tex-Mex Productions. That's correct. We, uh, we did the emceeing and the, the match uh, for, exhibition match, that is, for the Smashing Childhood Cancer, Cancer event yes. back in February. February. And Savannah uh, and another gal were part of the exhibition, Mixed Doubles. That's correct. Which, with Taylor Dent, who's celebrating uh, something with Today. his dad. That's yeah. right, yeah. And, um, and who else? And Mitch Kruger, who won the tournament uh, the week after. So here's Savannah with a really great result. Women, or girls doubles. And they trounced the field. They kept rolling. They did. And they did have a three-setter at the end. And uh, just what a tremendous effort. And I'm impressed with that girl. I saw her play mixed against some pretty heavy serving, and she has an yes. exceptional return. Yes, she does. And slices the one-hander really well, mm-hmm. of course, comes over the two-hander, and pretty darn good volleys. So good on yep. you, Lakes Tennis Academy. That's, that's correct. Dave Licker, Greg a- Alexander. Yeah, yep. yeah, wow. yeah. Very nice young lady, too, and, mm-hmm. and we couldn't be happier with a Dallas girl doing or Carrollton, I think she. If you yeah. want to be more specific, but still Dallas area, that she did did a really good job. Right. You know, from that standpoint, um, so that's it for the second set. Our yeah. little Wimby wrap up. Uh, this is we're going into the third set now. Uh, this is entitled "What's Your Game, Mister Chabria? <laughs> What's Your Game?" This is another James, James Bond, Bond reference. reference. Yes. This is a line, if I recall, by Auric Goldfinger. Arctic. and yes. he asked uh, the great Gert Forbes. Yes, yeah, they were uh, they were. Playing on golf. The golf course. They were yeah. on the golf course, yes. Yeah. And he, they were putting or something. That's that, it. it was, they were right by the flag. Yeah. yeah. What's your yeah. game? So, yeah. so this is miscellaneous musings with AJC. And actually, I wanted to, I wanted to con- continue on this. We, we yeah. were talking about this on Southwest 19th. Uh, so the Joker being unfairly uh, treated by the fans in the, uh, in the house today at uh, Center Court. Do you think that uh, he, he, you know, he pumped up his chest one time? You know, I was listening to the radio. Actually, I was driving over here to open up the club real fast, and I heard Robbie, uh, was it Robbie Koenig? Koenig yeah. from um, uh, South radio. Africa, or yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wimby Radio. Yeah, oh, so he, I love that guy's voice. Yeah, oh, I love yeah. you know, he, he's, you know, yeah. There's something about those guys' voice. You know, they, yeah. they make it uh, he is smashing he, and worldly, and you know, they use different words and terminology. And that, he is an excitable little guy, and uh, the, the higher voice, the, the oh, tones. Man. If you tried to says, keep up with him, you know, when he was calling forehand slice back and, you know, yeah. down the line, here we go, cross He can't, as the point goes on, it was remarkable. Radio, if you've not listened to, to radio, Wimbledon, you know, the app was, it was yeah. great. A- great AO Radio is another one. Yes. Uh, they have some legendary quick voices, and you feel like you're in the 60s again before PBS or NBC. Yes broadcast tennis in in person it, it was color. fun I, I enjoyed it that was neat. we yeah. were we were firing back and forth and you said you were listening to mm-hmm. to those guys instead yeah, of the, i just well, i just took a quick break from the mackinor brothers who i love but uh but it was neat to check out some bbc radio also yeah, yeah. so do you think I, that I the fans you, so do you think the fans were, were unfair to sorry i'll, I'll come yeah, back to your thought I, here in a second I, I don't i think the fans um understandably love federer 
I believe the crowd was uh, fourteen and a half thousand to four hundred people for uh, for Federer, meaning four hundred people for yes. Ra- for yes. uh, Novak. And uh, you know, Novak understands it. I don't think he likes it. I think he wants to be adored. Hence, you know, when he wins, and he didn't yeah. do it today. But when you're number very, one in the world, yeah. The, it's the, hard that, to, that, that, oh, that salute, salute he does yes. and hands out coming towards the crowd. I, I, I just want to quickly give a nod to Nick Kyrgios who who calls him out on it and says things like, Man, bro, that's so cringe that that salute he does at the end and I just want to play him at Wimbledon and beat him and do that salute to the I thought guys. He, he's gonna fly is, the finger at him basically. And this guy's exactly what tennis needs. Now, going back to Novak and I, I wanna actually uh not just laugh and have fun with this but i want to answer craig's question um novak is pancho gonzalez Ilya stasi he jimmy connors johnny mack and he's got the cred and he's got the slams and when there's controversy and when a crowd doesn't like him he actually plays better and uses it and if you use the word puffs up his chest he gives you that that Robert De Niro face, and he's like, "All right, yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I know it. I know fourteen and a half thousand of you prefer Roger. Hey, MFers, but, but <laughs> I am I am going. I'm gonna go a little dark there for me. Yeah, say the MF initial, yeah, yeah. and go I for know it. what I know what you all. I'm go not gonna say it, the actual man. words. No, but, I'm not either. But, but uh, that's exactly what he's thinking. Yeah, and he's yeah. flying the finger at him. He, he is basically, you know, like, hey, I'm pretty damn good here myself, and he you is. guys just, you know, sit down and shut up. I'm, I'm gonna go so far as to say. Novak maybe loses that match if he has 50% of the crowd behind him and oh. everything's copacetic. Yes. Novak I, I like used that. that like Johnny, like Pancho, like they need, Jimmy. They need, they need that, something to, to, to drive their psychological uh, fire engine yeah. stoke. They needed something. And, and you, kids and folks at home, you're probably not that guy. Like uh, th- there are times that the, the crowd against you is inspiring and amazing and you want more of that in your life. There aren't that many people who can take controversy and actually Turn take it. that stress and hit just a little bit uh, better, better and shot, and that handle, concentration and, and handle this guy, Roger Federer, the king on his at court you. at Wimbledon. It's like vicious slices that are six inches in, skidding, and the off. royal boxes against you. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, and and you know, like everything can seem like a conspiracy. And granted, Novak had lo- has lost some of these matches, but. Goodness, the kid is winning more and more, uh, determined more and more. And um, I think the word you used was, is it uh, unfair treatment? And, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy that he takes it like, look, it is what it is. And I'm going to use this. And here I go. Here's a Twitter. Yeah. Twi- somebody on Twitter popped off here and said, this is unfair to Djokovic. Obviously, he's a he's a Novak uh, sympathizer yeah the whole whole ground including members of the royal family are supporting federer it is playing liverpool at anfield unfair so there's soccer reference there excellent <laughs> excellent yeah so uh, you know what's really unfair is if that match were in serbia yes uh, and it, and the the king was getting that kind of treatment yes but the, the weird part is half the crowd would be for roger yes right <laughs> literally anywhere in the world including novak's home country yeah. except maybe davis cup right yeah, no, uh, I say, eh, forget it. Go on. Come on, Novak. You know, and and did he move on? Yes, he, he did. did. Oh, man. <laughs> the played, dude, spectacular well. tennis. He was a baller today. Yeah. I mean, you got to give it to him. You he, know, that's, he is, I, I, I want to, we're not in the business of getting very political, but he reminds me of Trump. He is not well-liked 
he won yes. the election fair and square. Yep. Novak yep. won this match fair and square. But he did not win the popular vote. He won not. fewer mm-hmm. points. Every statistic except, except for match points won. And he's the single-handed champion of the world He now. is, even though he has a double-handed <laughs> backhand. Right. Yeah, Roger was 0-2 on match points, I guess. Yes. Novak yes. was one and uh, one for one on, on match points, points. and he so won the most the, important one. You know what? He won the, the last one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he won the last one. And you could also say it. Uh, you know, sometimes big points are are worth more. Yes, you know, yeah, and, and, and they mean did. more. Yeah, yeah. that, that and as in in the uh, the great uh, movie uh, Stripes, Bill Murray said, yeah. "That's a fact, Jack." Jack. <laughs> That's See, I'm pulling another Jack. Jack. <laughs> Remember that when they? I do. Oh man, what kind of? See, what kind of training we're doing? Army training, and then the the uh, the, the general up there, you know, is talking to him. He goes, "You all trained on your own." Yeah, and he goes, "That's a fact, Jack." <laughs> Why did the chicken cross the road to get to the, the other side? side? It was that calm oh, response. Yes, he had his team. It was uh, great. It was yeah. great. Great theater. Yeah. Stripes. If you haven't seen Stripes in a long time. I love watching Stripes. Yeah, Stripes. You, you, it's you, one of those ones that Bill Murray's not really known for. Go, Ghostbusters. I was watching Ghostbusters sure. last night. Caddyshack is obviously, I think, he's probably his most notable mm-hmm. one. But Stripes is right in there with it. You know, it's it's. Uh, and, and what and about Bob? And you know, you know for sure, Groundhog Day. Yeah, you know, and kind of and younger folks, uh, you, you know, Bill Murray is such a legend because of his personality. Some of the Wes Anderson vehicles. And he he's been in so many modern movies that we haven't really even mentioned in this, but. Dig back a little bit and check out some of those early works like Stripes. Yeah, yeah. and they wrote that yeah. stuff. I mean, they were they they were unbelievable. Harold Ramis and and uh, Bill Murray. I mean, those guys, Ghostbusters, Stripes. They had two big hits right yeah. off right off the bat in the eighties. We're we're kind of products of of the eighties, but yeah. you know what? I I don't care. That's a fact, Jack. That's, That's a fact, Jack. But okay, so let's move on. Yes, McEnroe has he come full circle as a player and broadcaster because people are kind of liking old Johnny Mac, you know. But as a player, you know, it's kind of funny because Wimbledon really didn't like him, and he didn't like Wimbledon. You know, he was he was a guy. I've kind of caught this on a couple of articles that mm-hmm. that Johnny Mac, uh, you know, he 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 actually didn't play Wimbledon for a couple of years, and he came back. But he, he never. This is kind of like mid to late eighties. He decided not to uh, play Wimbledon, but yet came back, and you know. It, you know, he put it. I wouldn't say a. Uh, he just didn't enjoy the, all the stuff. He, he, that's where he, you cannot be serious, yep. and no. and uh, he he would act up and didn't like tradition. You know, he missed the dance that one year when he won. You know, and he kind of, uh, he was asked to not be a member, though he was a champion. <laughs> right. I mean, the, 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 that's he, pretty serious. Yeah, that's pretty serious, right? Yeah, and and in his, you know, he, he fancied himself as the James Dean, the rebel with. Without a cause, yeah. Rather than without, yeah. Right. And he um, was railing against the establishment. I know the kind of music he liked, and he he liked rock, but he also liked punk. And he was against... Patty Smythe and Scandal. Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) that that was pretty mainstream in terms of who he married. Right. Mainstream punk. Kind of punk. It was kind of a... a, Tissue paper, yeah, punk. very poppy. Yeah, t- <laughs> later on, but but in those early '80s, when he was into, you know, the Clash, he was. Um, yeah, he probably uh, wore the boots around probably a little bit. The the big uh, black boots, and you could see him kind of, you know, in the mosh pit, kind of, yeah, you know, yeah. and, uh, banging around probably. He he hated that tennis was run by old fogies, phonies, um, lines people who couldn't see very well. Yeah, uh, uh, most of the lines people were a little older, probably, and wore and, glasses. And back and, then, it was volunteer yeah. folks. To, it, sure. It's quite a bit more professional now. Well, we're watching on TV. They all have uniforms on, yeah. and the guys are wearing ties. And, and yeah. I'm sure they're getting paid a 
couple of pounds to oh, yeah. to, to do this. So. And, and there's a lot of training, and you have to be. I mean, it's sort of like the, the officials here in the states. The good ones advance, and they get to do college matches, and they get to do some pro events. And you have yeah, to earn your way there. I'm sure that they have. To, yeah, this is just like, hey, hey, uh, James, would you like to come call a, yeah. a match today? You know, you're a member of the club, and you right. play some tennis. Would you like to? Yeah. 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 So yeah. it was volunteer back then, and I think Mac uh, railed against it. He did it with um, his own style, which wasn't appreciated maybe by many. Maybe maybe a little wrestling kind of. Yeah. You know, he and yeah, Connor. He brought something. He brought yeah. he brought something to the game, and I'll never forget him for it. And uh, when you say. He kind of took a break. Well, he did really well at Wimbledon in 77 as a qualifier. Um, he, there was some controversy in the late 70s. He got to the final in 80. He won it in 81. Lost in the final in 82. Won it in a huge way in 83 and 84. That's correct. And then, you know, he was getting married. Yeah, a couple I, kids, yeah. that kind of thing. Then he yeah, came I think back. that's and, when yeah. there was. But, you know, uh, people write him off like, yep, his career was never the same after 84 and he won three se- no, uh, he got to the semis of Wimbledon in 92. I, I think yes. that's what Craig is referring right. yes. to when he said, you know, he kind of came back around as a player. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, and he did. Now as a broadcaster, too, he's part of the establishment. He you know? is. He's, he's in that kind of – so I imagine – I wonder if he's got you – know, he's 60 years old. Yeah, and, and he's just turned uh, 59, and he is the – Still in good shape. Still fit, still plays pretty well, um, is the self, self-appointed commissioner of tennis. Correct. I yeah. think so. He's yeah. he's the voice of of tennis for the most part. I don't. I can't think of anybody else that would probably have the platform more than more than John McEnroe. And I don't know if he relishes that uh, uh, title or if. Uh, I mean, Roger Federer probably from the player standpoint. But yes. you know, when you really think overall big picture, you know, Johnny Mac's probably the guy that uh, he's the voice. He, I mean, he's at all the tournaments, and he, yeah. even if Federer's not in the finals or whatever, his his, his he's calling the match. He is. And in Europe, uh, this conversation, it would still have McEnroe's name in it. I mean, it would also have Mats Villander, who works for Eurosport, uh, Boris Becker, who works for BBC, Patrick Cash, who who gets a lot of broadcasting work as well. That's correct. But this conversation would be almost identical if we were having this over in the U.K. Right. That's Uh, correct. So let me ask you, then, who's your favorite uh, tennis broadcaster? Do you have a favorite or favorites? What a great question. Is there a Mount Rushmore of broadcasters? Oh, my goodness. I mean, you'd have to put McEnroe up there, but uh, you know who's a blast? is I I really enjoy Jim Courier. Yes. Um, He is uh, earnest. He's a gentleman. He's soft-spoken. He's got a terrific voice, and he's—you could say—he's still in touch with some of the guys in the way that John is. I'm um, a huge fan of Mats Vilander. I like his—I uh, like how outspoken he is. I know he catches a lot of flack for uh, sometimes ragging Federer, but I like his honesty. Um, I do think Andy Roddick is, if if he chooses this path. I feel like Andy Roddick can be one of the something greats. to the game. Yeah, he could offer yeah. something. And then you have some of the guys without the the slam cred. Like I enjoy Jason Goodall. I like his voice. I like his perspective. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. I, Tennis re- Channel guy. Yeah, yeah. And John Wertheim started off as one of my favorite writers when he was with CNN SI. Still is actually, but he's on the air. He's not on the in the booth, but he's um, generally in studio for uh, Tennis Channel and generally on site. Yes, and I enjoy his musings. I enjoy his love for the English language. Um, 
as far as I, I get the feeling you may be talking play by play. Not so. necessarily. No, I mean, not necessarily. Yeah. No, not necessarily. No. I'm just trying to think who, who really yeah. kind of like Robbie Koenig. You know, oh yeah. well, Robbie Koenig, I enjoy. I haven't actually practiced doing his voice, but w- what a joy! Like you feel like you've. I don't even drink coffee, but I feel like I've had an espresso <laughs> right. after I've. I've hung a double, around. a double yeah. espresso, a double, Robbie. A double, yeah, because he says he's got the high voice and he's like uh, he gets excited. He's like, oh. Oh, stop it! Like when, when when there's an exceptional play, or oh, he's like a mongoose on amphetamines, and the, the accent and the the energy. Hey, that was good, wasn't it? Mongoose on amphetamines. <laughs> and, and and whenever he he's probably only said that once or twice, but I'll never forget him saying that. Oh, and yeah. every time I hear the guy's voice, I kind of hope he says it in the way that you know. Generally, yeah. you can count on John for a. You could not be serious. You know, you could, right. you could count on that. That should be his catchphrase. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he's a little tired of it, yeah. But they say world-class a lot. I've heard them at, uh, oh, that was a world-class shot. Yeah, yeah. That was a world-class shot. And no. I mean, we don't say that really that much around English, but just no. just different phrases, different uh, mannerisms. You know, no. I, so I enjoy Robbie. You know, Robbie. I, I, Robbie Koenig. Yeah. I think it, it may be pronounced Koenig, but uh, whatever it I thought, is. I th- I th- it's Robbie. Yeah, yeah. Robbie, Robbie. Robbie Koenig. In, in we'll say Robbie. We'll say old Bobby. Bobby. Yeah. Bobby Koenig. Bob, he, Bob d- does a good job. Uh, yeah. ten, tennis Channel guys. You know, do, is there anybody that uh, yeah comes to mind right there that uh, you know, a Lindsay Davenport. Uh, you know, do you like Mar- uh, uh, Mary Carrillo? You know, Martina. You know, Chrissy. I, I, I know. No Chris, comment. I know Chrissy <laughs> isn't very popular. Uh, I know uh, Chris or, Fowler. Or, Chris McKendry. Yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of Martina because of the knowledge she brings. Um, I'm a fan of Mary Carrillo. Not necessarily. I, I realize she's won a slam and mixed in '77 Roland Garros with Johnny Mac. So she, I, I don't really even see her as a tennis broadcaster. I see her as a, a literate human being, and so, she's like the Dennis Miller, where I like her. A lot of her stuff goes over people's heads, and, and maybe mine. But holy cow, she's I good. enjoy how smart she is. Well, and she's good on the court, like yeah. Pam Shriver. You yeah. know, when they do, you know. You know, they, they break in or Brad Gilbert, yeah. you know, I love their little stuff that, that Mary has a good laugh. You know, she, she laughs a lot. I just, I just like her from that standpoint. I, I, I know that that probably drives some people nuts. I, and, and I realize she's as controversial as, as Chris Everett and whoever, and she's probably as not popular as she is lauded, but I'm, I'm for Mary Carrillo. I'm happy. I'm a fan. Yeah. yeah I'm happy to listen to yeah, her. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot of good broadcasters. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. You know, uh, even like Mark Knowles, who's just come on recently. A guy that's come back to the stable. I don't know what happened to Luke Jensen, but you know mm-hmm. he he's come back to full circle again. He yeah. was I don't know if he uh, had some some pictures on some people or something, but uh, <laughs> sorry, Luke, I don't know. I yeah. like Luke because I, I I I found him fascinating. Yeah. I, I find that uh, he has some really good stuff. Uh, uh, I, I I caught him on one of the ESPN channels. I I got to spend some time with him in the '90s and then again in the 2000s when he was with a company part-time called Grand Slam Sports. Yeah. And he was actually the Syracuse University women's coach at the time. At the time, yeah. He's been gone from that position for a while now, and um, I'm not sure exactly what he's doing now besides the little bit of broadcasting that you mentioned. I think he's up at uh, Four Steels, isn't he? He's doing some stuff at the West Side. The West Side Tennis Club. Yeah. Yeah. I've caught some Instagram pictures, postings, so he might be up there doing some stuff. Well, when I spent a weekend at a tour stop actually in the Texas, in Dallas, or in DFW Hilton, it was a smaller WTA stop. I believe it was a 25,000. And he did a world team tennis style event. I got to help with that and a sponsor and ball kid kind of clinic. And I represented Babala there for a little while also. But uh, 
charismatic, funny guy, never ran out of anecdotes. Yes. And uh, and just always on and always positive. So um, I like know, the, I like yeah. the quirky. You know. Yeah. What about Brett Haber? You know, I just thought about Brett Haber. Yeah. I, I like him. I I did not know him until yeah. Tennis Channel looked him up, and yeah. he, has, he has some pretty good chops, journalistic chops. He he's a guy that uh, has worked his way through the the turnstile. I don't know that he played a, a high level of tennis, but I think he played a little bit of college tennis. And he came more from the back door, the broadcasting yes. side, rather than the uh, the Leaf Shires, Jimmy Arias. Uh, right. Like I was going to mention those guys. And I, I wanted to mention both because, yeah. uh, you know, good fellas. And yeah. Jimmy is one of the smartest. And Leaf brings uh, that old school voice that uh, very calm, the 80s, very, yeah, yeah, doesn't get too excited. And, and occasionally he'll he'll give the uh, brought to you by you know occasionally he'll he'll yeah. go up in in yeah. a couple of octaves. Yeah, no, I, I like you know they're really I I I like them all. You yeah, know? I know some people. I think there's some that try to get too technical. That sometimes their their tennis. Um, Teaching IQ might be a little questionable. Mm. I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know about mm. that, but that's okay. You know, hey, that that's part of the deal, right? Yeah. Well, mm. let's part of the deal. Let's move on because we've got uh, we've got a couple of more sets to yeah. to, uh, to put up. Uh, this fourth set, we're going to call coach them up, coaching uh-huh. them up, coaching right? them up, coaching them up. All right. So do good. Yeah, I thought about this. Do good pro players make good tour coaches? Do you think that that uh, so speaking of, uh, you know, they're on on TV sometimes and you see like an Yvonne Lindell, Boris Becker uh, or we are. We are in that era of the super coach. That's correct. The the guy who's had such experience winning six, seven, eight slams. Correct. Yes. And and there is some cred there to take guys like Novak or, or Murray from a slam or two to multiple slams. Um, it's funny you ask that question. It's a brilliant question because something like eight to ten years ago, the answer would have been, yeah, you know, uh, no, no. The, the guys, yeah. the, the guys with remarkable playing resumes, tend to not be the best coaches because when you say coach them up, th- they are remarkably talented and remarkably um, proficient under pressure. And they expect your pressure as a as a tennis player, as a 24-year-old kid trying to win slams, they expect your pressure response to be as good as theirs was. And I think that is working again when you have your Michael Changs, Goran Ivanisevic, who's helping Marion Vida. By the way, Marion yes. Vida, I, I, I've met the guy once. I played three tournaments in Czechoslovakia in, I believe it was a summer of 1987, and I remember him as um, not quite as short and pudgy as he looks now, but I remember He's, him as a good a, life. He, he died, but but I remember him as a very average-looking guy who could have been a catcher, you know, just a, just a <laughs> tough little guy. Uh, I remember him as a journeyman tennis pro who was who had a world ranking, who yeah, was nice good, player, yeah, and he was a, a, maybe a level above I was as a, a, that I was as a tennis good player, player, but just not. Um, but nobody's ever heard of him. Until he became uh, yeah, an elite Nova, coach, right? With Novak Djokovic, and he's, he's Czech, but um, you know a lot of those players they move south, or where the weather's a bit better, or where the player is, or players come to their academy. I'm not exactly sure how he hooked up with uh, the elite levels, and then a really elite guy like Novak. But he's the mastermind, and maybe he's the counterexample of yeah, I know you got some super coaches, but he may be the one who's like yeah. I, he was 
barely, I, I, you'd, I'd have to really look this up, but I'm just going to guess that his best ranking was in the 400s in the, in the world. Right. And he is one of the finest coaches in the land right now. He is. Yeah, he really definitely. Is. Definitely. Uh, the, I, I would say the, the uh, Djokovic experiment with Boris Becker, that didn't work. It, that for whatever that reason yeah. was, that, that wasn't yeah. the right team. Yeah, debatable. Uh, and then Agassi yeah. came over. I remember seeing some pictures, you know, in Monte Carlo. Of, I think you can definitively say that wasn't. Yeah, uh, that didn't last very long. That didn't go, yeah. yeah that, that, it's sort of like Jimmy, uh, a remarkable pressure guy, Jimmy Connors coaching Maria Sharapova. And that lasted, what, nine days? Yeah, maybe, yeah. if that. Yeah, nine minutes. That She's was, a high-strung person. He's clearly a high-strung strong person. person. Yeah. That, that was like throwing gasoline on fire. It, it. Speaking of super coaches, d- did you read what I did? That uh, And I haven't talked to to uh, guys really, really in the know in, in weeks, but McEnroe uh, and Kyrgios, a possible union man. Well, McEnroe said he wanted to coach him. He thought he might be. You know, good for him or something, because obviously he thinks like him. <laughs> I mean, he was kind of a a guy that was kind of out there on the island by himself, kind of oh. thinks. Uh, I think most people think McEnroe was pretty curious. You know, I call him Curious <laughs> Curios. Yes. You know, you know yeah. that's that's my nickname for him. Yeah, and, and, and his McEnroe was just as kind of out there also too, and maybe. And now he's, he's he's come around. I'd say swung back. You know, the other way more so, and he's more establishment. But still, he is a little quirky at times. But. And and is Nick really going to listen to just your average coach? Maybe Nick needs an edgy super coach. And you know, that's that, there, the, that's the, the list. That's is the number small. one. That's very yeah. small. Yeah, the list is small. And and I would have put Pat Cash and Mots and Boris and uh, Johnny Mac on that list. But boy, Pat Cash and Kyrios tend to feud now. Yes, on Twitter. Oh yeah, maybe maybe even in person, but yep. certainly on oh, yeah. uh, on the social media. Uh, Pat Cash is not in the camp. No, he's not. <laughs> he, he's not feeling the love <laughs> for old Nick. <laughs> Heck, yeah. So so my next thought then yes. about okay about super coaching and coach him up. Uh-huh. Where do you find the best coaches? I mean, best coaches, high school coaches. You know, there's some great high school coaches around. College coaches, public parks, just kind of yeah. hanging out. You know, on the on the park courses because those there's some good guys out there. Uh, public facilities, country mm-hmm. clubs, mm-hmm. you know, like we've been in. Our, our you know, if our listeners are are uh, trying to figure this out, because I mean, hey, there's some really good high school coaches that yeah. are, that are out there that have excellent, uh, especially here in the state of Texas, high school tennis being really it's a pretty high level. Oh yeah, really is, yeah. And, and there's some guys that know how to coach. You know, you yeah. got Dan Holden and Tyler Menes down at Highland Park High yeah. School that are, that are really good coaches. Won a lot of uh, events. They've had a lot of good players run through. Obviously, you have to have good players. Yeah, yep. it's like Phil Jackson. Is he a great coach or did he have great players? Well, okay, well, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. You got to have great players to have yeah. good. You know, to, to be uh, on a championship run, but uh, so high school coaches. I don't think you know colleges. You know, th- there's some really good college coaches out there. You know, there was uh, Dick Gould. Would, oh, yeah. would would he have been a great coach on tour? Well, gosh, I, you know, he, what did he coach like 51 All Americans and, and 10 guys in the top 10 Stanford or something? University. Yeah, yeah, that was a l- gr- remarkable run too. So so what you know so you know so if, if you're if you're a listener listening to this podcast, you're going. Hmm, okay, because we were talking about super coaches. Yeah. Now all of a sudden we're really talking about pros, coaches. There's not really any different. I mean, if, you know, yeah. you can be coach and you can be pro at the same time. We're we're bringing it. Yeah, we're bringing it down to the people or or the the, the recreational levels. Gosh, th- there are. It's tough if you're a, a tennis parent thinking, "Yep, I want a high performance coach, but my kid's a beginner." There may be the the wisdom, and I've seen this at. Uh, I did a. Uh, in fact, you and I both did a nice uh, sort of a speaking engagement at a local university where yeah. we, we did something for ago. Nike Tennis Camp. That's correct. And um, 
And Craig, you spoke more indoors and about programming. That's am correct. I right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm sad I missed part of your thing because I was doing a, a kind of a hitting session. But my on-court stuff, I, I, I felt good that the the mix of the staff was a little bit of the great coach we're talking about that is remarkable with the beginning levels. And I wanted to address a little bit of the high performance stuff too because. This particular camp had a little bit of both. Right, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, you no. get some recognition. Yeah, no. yeah. And I, I wanted them, the the folks that we, that we were talking to, also mm-hmm. to think about. Hey, other than being a college coach or high performance, hey, there's good, good. You can do stuff in high schools, or just yep. go down the park and just no. hang your shingle out, or just no. you know go to a nice city facility or yep. country club. There's a lot of good coaches out there. I think there's a really a lot of good pros yeah. today. I I don't know if. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to throw the UST under the bus and say yeah. I don't think that they always recognize that there's a lot of talent out there. I I think that they, I think some of their uh, uh, ways are misguided to some degree about player performance. Yeah, they, that uh, mm-hmm. to take a player like say I was coaching Adrian Chabria, mm-hmm. you know, from five years of age, yeah. right? And then all of a sudden you get really good, you know, at age 15, and they go, "Hey, Craig, step aside. You know, we got this covered now. We're going to take yeah. Adrian out of this yeah, environment. Different, uh, that uh, different method, different everything, and. Does it mess with the kid? Does it give the kid a sense of entitlement? Does it inspire the kid? I mean, everybody's different. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've I've known you. I've known your parents. I handed, put the racket in your hand at at age five, and and I know you about as well as I know, you know, the back of my hand. Right. I I just think the the methodology, and I think it's changing a little bit now uh, today that uh, there is more recognition of uh, me coaching you at at a younger age, but I still think that. uh, there, there's a, a different business model out there, and that's a different di- different segment at the moment. So I'm want to just kind of go back. Or, or is there is there a place that uh, uh, a listener or uh, should take themselves, or maybe uh, you know? I think everything's is really good. I mean, they've got yeah. some really good. There's some really good coaches out there, and I think you have to to really. You can't just say well, they're all at the country clubs. Or yeah. they're, they're at uh, or they're all at the academies only. Uh, right, or, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, there, there's people that are really good coaches out there that yeah. you probably we've never heard of that uh, probably could do just as good a job as uh, um, uh, you know the guys who you know put. Uh, uh, Federer and Djokovic on on the map. I mean, it wasn't Marion Vida, you know, that no, that was, started it was long uh, before him. It was, was uh, yes. it was a lady. Uh, her name was Yelena something, and and, yes. and and Novak ends up marrying a girl the same first name. Right, and Roger Federer's yeah. he had a, a, a he coach had, uh, from w- South Africa. One of them was Peter Carter, Peter the Carter, Australian. Yeah. Uh, yes, oh, yes, Australian, yeah. and passed away yeah. unfortunately. So yeah. he was the guy that it, it took a lot out of Federer, you know, yeah. when, when he passed away. I know that because I've, I've read a couple articles on this guy. And he was he was kind of a confidant of Federer, and he really got him think because I think his mom helped him a little bit. Maybe when his he was mom really was young. actually yeah. a teaching pro from South Africa, uh, long probably teaching the great game down that. under, huh? That's way it. down under. Uh, I, I I imagine she taught him in Switzerland because Roger did grow up up there. But uh, Carter moved from Australia up to like Marion, uh, a mildly accomplished uh, t- tennis player, but holy cow, what an average height! Um, touch player Peter Carter was. I, I, I've seen him on yeah, the tennis court. Yeah, I, I and he don't used, know him. Um, if I recall, he had a, a very flexible, loosely strung vocal uh, C10, very touch kind of a McEnroe style player. Oh, okay, a, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, just t- totally. Uh, I mean, he was a quick little guy, but totally average height, uh, nothing explosive and, and surprising. But 
I'm positive his influences on Federer were to the state probably felt. Yeah, to some to, degree. to this day for sure. Things like let's slice the backhand sometimes and go in, and let's have a lot of feel at the net. And, and he had some and, really good drop shots in, in the match. He he caught effective. Djokovic a couple times off guard. Yeah, and that's one of the fastest guys in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So it, oh, and uh, uh, Tony Roach uh, should be mentioned as one of Roger's early coaches. Uh, that's uh, correct. Tour coach. No, tour coach. That's no. right. No. Tony Rochi. Rochi. Yeah, Rochi, another Australian. Right. Well, speaking of, of coaches also, yeah. too, I wanted to give a shout-out to Craig Cardin and, oh, and yes. World Team Tennis. I missed it in, in, in the segment. We should have had that up in Miscellaneous Music. Yeah. But I just wanted to just a quick shout-out to uh, Craig Cardin and the Philadelphia Freedoms. What a great <laughs> guest we had last week, and that was Craig. And uh, he's up there right now. Yeah, he's co- he's coaching right now. Yeah, yeah. They, they are playing at the moment. It's the a sp- Sunday match. Springfield Lasers. They're in Springfield, Missouri. The Springfield Lasers. 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 Doctor Evil. Doctor Evil might say. <laughs> and, and it's kind of interesting. You know, Craig said that you know they had what fourteen matches in twenty one days. So this is their first week until next Sunday. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to believe this. So they're All playing right. Springfield on the road. They're back home. They're on the fifteenth tomorrow and playing. Uh, they're they're playing the, the uh, San Diego Aviators, uh-huh. and then they they they're uh, playing uh, the Orange Orange County Breakers on the 16th at home. They're playing the Vegas Rollers on the 17th at home. Then they go down to Orlando to play the Storm on the 18th. Mm-hmm. They're, and uh, then they're back at home. Guess what? They're playing the Storm back in Philadelphia. A home and then, <laughs> then a, a, a way the and, home. And then they're going over to Vegas on Sunday on the 21st. Yeah. So that's they, they've got one day off, and that's yeah, next that's Saturday. breakneck pace. Um, Do you think they ride a bus? <laughs> kind of like Bull Durham, old school. Yeah, they 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 ride the the uh, Freedom's bus. That's it. Or does does Elton uh, uh, and, and Billy Jean uh, give them a little little luxury and go on the jet? I bet it's a nice plane. Yeah, yeah funny stuff. But a shout yeah. out to Craig Carden and and uh, you know there's eight teams, uh, fourteen matches yeah. in twenty one days, and then the culmination event in Vegas for uh, the semifinals and finals. It's it's, it's I. Th- I've always liked World Team Tennis. I just don't know why it hasn't taken off. Uh, I like the format. You know, Craig was talking about it. He yeah. seemed to like it as well. I, you know, San Antonio used to have a team. They used to have the rackets. When when I was down in San Antonio, we had Racky, the ball, come out to Racky. Uh, Racky, yeah. a big tennis ball. And yeah. I'm sure that person really got uh, sweaty inside the ball when it was oh. 100 degrees. <laughs> Mascots. San Antonio will get some Ooh. humidity that we may not get up here. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah trust me. Yes, yeah, so I, I always felt bad for Racky. Yeah. <laughs> and there was no ventilation in that big uh, – it was mostly made out of cloth <laughs> uh mascots have a whole that's a whole new yeah. respect for me but uh yeah, yeah. When, when cliff was telling us about eight glasses of water a day that was I think part if of you're a mascot you go 12 12 yeah, yeah you might uh, up the liquid intake yeah, yeah especially when you're, you're being in the mascot uh uniform Definitely. The, the but but least i wanted to give a good shout out to uh uh, Craig and and hopefully the the freedoms that'll be my team this year. We're going to roll with the freedoms, even though the Washington Castles have been you know dominant, dominant, yeah, up, up until the, a few years ago. Now they want just yeah. and you know what they're doing. I found this very fascinating. Tell us that uh, they're going to they're going to put their matches on a roof. They're going to be uh, up on top of a building that. Uh, Let's see. In, let's see. Uh, okay, uh, atop Union Market in Northeast Washington, mm-hmm. with views of the U.S. Capitol and Washington Monument, which is kind of easy. I mean, unobstructed I mean, kind of cool. views. Unobstructed yeah. views. Here's here's a picture. You know. Yeah, and they've got room for six, seven thousand people, probably. No, no. This, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not six or seven. <laughs> this is where I, I I'm going. This is we we could we could uh, 
put this in, get off my lawn. But, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's only for uh, 700 people. I see. 700. They, they went see. from 2,200 down to 700. So, and, and also the owner, uh, this guy, is it Mark Ein? Is it e, it's E-I-N. Yeah. And his name is Mark. And and he, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start the early early edition of get off my <laughs> lawn you know in the fifth set and i'm gonna i'm gonna get i'm gonna rail on him just a little yeah. bit he said so he, he's he goes from a 2200 seat venue to a 1500 seat uh-huh. i mean 1500 less seat venue yeah 700 people only he goes i want and this is a quote i want to bring tennis to the people not people to the tennis said ein who plays tennis on weekends a lot of tennis is in far remote places let's bring tennis to the city I'm like, okay, yeah. now wait a minute. I thought you're 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 bringing it uh, to the people. Are they the right people? Yeah. You know that have the money because you you have 1,500 less fans in the stands. So what are those? Is that uh, that's kind of a contradictory? I, I, yeah, and I'm thinking he's um, he's going to charge a lot for tickets. That's correct. <laughs> and you're going to have some sweets up there. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I understand what he's doing, but I'm yeah. going. Mark, man, come on. You know, you, you had a 2,200-seat venue where a lot of people could go. Now you're reducing it by 1,500 people to 700, and you want to bring tennis to the people. So that's not really bringing tennis to I, the it, people. It sounds disingenuous when you say, I want to bring tennis to the people. I think you lose some credibility because in German, Mark Ein means uh, $1. $1. Yeah, Ein. <laughs> Mark, Ein. I mean, I realize they yeah. use the euro now. Right. But, but if you go back to the 90s or the 80s, Mark meant money over there yes so yeah his, his name is one dollar yeah. and he's charging quite a bit more than one dollar yeah. yes right and uh i mean i i don't know the man i just i just thought that was a funny statement yeah. that he made that hey if if i want to bring tennis to the masses i'm gonna go try to sell out the american airlines center and get sixteen thousand people in there yeah. and just give away a bunch of free tickets well listen if you're in dc or maryland or virginia uh or delaware or west virginia Go yeah. tell us how it is. I I'd I, like to see the rooftop yeah. tennis because I mean it's and, kind of a cool picture. And I do have this feeling that it's going to be successful because there's some money in DC. There is D- just a wee bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's called government money that that, that everybody, the taxpayers, <laughs> gives to the, uh, the 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 right people. Yeah, and I, I I do I have seen a trend in broadcasting where there is so much media out there, new media out there that. Maybe sometimes attendance is a bit lower, but viewership might be up. up. Yeah. And maybe that's what he's going for because yeah. it's going to be spectacular views up there, unobstructed. Yeah, it's yeah. unobstructed. And he said yeah. the Capitol and some other yeah. things, you know, Washington Monument. And we were watching it actually on the iPad a few, uh-huh. few yeah. minutes ago. Yeah, we were watching below, yeah. World, World Team Tennis. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it is on. So if you go to World Team Tennis, mm-hmm. you can watch it live. So it's, yeah. it's actually you don't have to have uh, anything special. You don't have to buy anything. It, yeah. it was for free. And and that's fine. I mean, yeah. like, I said, like I said, I'm not trying to be disingenuous to, to, to this man. But uh, no, I just no. found that statement fascinating. Like, yeah. hey. You know, kind of like Serena Raylan against Billie Jean King. You know, I don't think that was really what she said. I don't think he really meant that also, too. So I kind of get it. But I just kind of found that. OK, get, get off my lawn, Mark. We're we're in this era of spin. And, right. We're and, spin doctors. And Serena's good at it. Uh, yeah. And evidently our man, one dollar, Mark Ein, is, is He's spinning, good at it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah All, right. It. All right. So another right. another thought about yes. we're speaking of dollars. All right. We're deep in the fourth set. Folks. Ooh, at fifth. We're oh, in the fifth. fifth. I'm we're sorry. in yes. the fifth set. So uh, equal prize money. Yep. 
Is it good for the game? You know, because the ladies only play two out of three and the men's play three out of five. I mean, we had a five and a half hour match. Yeah. It was definitely worth, got our money's worth. But yesterday there was two out of three for 56 minutes. 56 minutes. And you know what? So here's the breakdown in, in 2019 mm-hmm. at Wimby at Southwest 19th, which is pretty good. They make some pretty good change over there, oh, by yeah. the way. So in 2019, the championships were up by 11.76% to an overall purse of 30 Eight million pounds, mm-hmm. which is forty nine point four million dollars. Yes, fifty million basically up from thirty four million pounds and forty four to forty four million. So in, up about five million. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So the winner, so Mr. Djokovic and Miss Halep, received two point nine eight three million dollars right there, almost three million dollars each mm-hmm. for their performance. So mm-hmm. Mr. Djokovic had to work five and a half hours, and Miss Halep only had to work fifty six minutes. Yeah, and I'm kind of like. Okay, and and I understand, and, you know, Billie Jean and and, uh, and all the deal. You know, it, it's great that that women are paid. Absolutely. But it, but is it for equal equal pay for equal work? You know, kind of deal. I think um, uh, a labor lawyer would approach it like this: um, if it's in the contract that it's about time, um, man hours worked, then the women are, are overpaid. <laughs> Way overpaid. But it's not because yeah. if it's about revenue generated. I, I don't yes. know the I, I can spout off right now with my opinion that um, uh, the quality match was Sunday. And if I were buying a ticket and I somehow psychically knew uh, which match would be better, I buy the Sunday ticket and spend maybe a bit more. Right, right. now, that's totally my opinion. Um, and I, I probably share that opinion with some others. But if there are metrics and we're in such a data driven age now that. There probably are metrics that show that the women's game, if it's justified, to, and I bet it is. Uh, let's look at attendance, interest, ratings. These numbers are out there. I, unfortunately, I don't have them, you know, on my right. iPad or but, whatever. Right but now, look but at women's soccer. Just recently, yeah. women's soccer played over in Paris. I'm yep. sure they had really good ratings for the World Cup yep. and the U.S. team that won just recently. Congrats yeah. go out to them. They, yeah. they did a great job. Come on, guys. You know, let's get up with the ladies. You know, <laughs> we've never sniffed a final, I don't think. Or even, did we get to the semis one year, it seemed like? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I know we made it to the elimination rounds, round of 16, A few times, yeah. quarters, yeah. 15, 20 years yeah. ago, we, we were decent, but th- yeah. there hadn't been a good... Good team sense, but yeah. but anyway, but congrats to them. I mean, and they're congrats. fighting for equal prize money on on their their platform because because I heard that they, they, at the ticker type parade they were yelling equal pay, equal pay. You know, the women were really. What's funny is I have read the stats, and I was talking about metrics and how I, I'm I'm going to base my um, my musings more on opinion. But I did read that uh, the men earned seven percent of uh, the revenue. And the women earn something like nine, so you've got a bit of a counter revolution where the men are saying, "Okay, yeah, hey, 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 yeah, like we'll, what we'll, about me? We, we want the equal pay, sure." So you know, it depends on your definition of equal pay, uh, but if we look at the metrics, here's what I don't want to do: uh, A/B testing. Okay, let's just do a women's slam only and a men's slam only. I realize some pundits, some podcasters, some analysts have posited that, and impractical i don't want it i don't care and i think it's fantastic that uh that you can go to a slam and watch a women's match and a men's match on the same court in the same day it's just pretty yeah. cool tennis is, no. is very unique from that standpoint it where, really is where men and really women is. compete side by side and at the same venues yeah 
So it's, yeah. it's and I, I've grown up playing some baseball and hockey as an American. You you grow up playing some of these sports over here in the states, and uh, uh, as much as I love the other sports, we don't have that in the other sports. No, and we have it not in one. spades in this one, right? And it's a it's a neat celebration of not just the sport, but the entertainment value of this sport, right? Because yeah. uh, Sir Andy was playing with Serena that's in it. the mixed, mixed double mixed. At, at Wimbledon. I mean that that's really unique, to, and I think that that's uh, really fascinating because really other is. sports. I mean, yeah, they're they're playing, but they're not necessarily at the same venue at the same time. You know, golf has their own schedules for the women and the men. They never get together. You know, cycling. You know, never gets together with no. the women. No. Women's tour. Uh, football certainly, basketball. You know, there's there's separate. Women don't play with the guys, and they have their yeah. own deal. Soccer, yeah. the same thing. So it, I mean, it's just kind of an interesting. Our our little sport has uh, uh, definitely has equality and equal equal pay. Yep, yep. And we, we are very leading the pack, I think, so to speak, on on how we we do things. Leading the pack, and uh, and we've got a lot of choice. I'll give you a quick example. I was uh, recently at a at a tournament, uh, a college, Big Twelve. Uh, championship and you had women playing their big 12 final on the same day at the same time on six courts as the men's big 12 that's, final. that's correct yep um the attendance was i guess you could say similar but maybe a little heavier on the men there were some people who found the men's tennis more engaging and higher quality and some people found the women's now there's definitely a part of me who's like gosh why do these at the same time? Because I kind of yeah. want to see both. Yeah, do one right after the yeah. other or something. But but there was time and room uh, for me to walk and see a little bit of both. Um, I, I had a, a friend who was coached by a friend on the men's side. So admittedly, I definitely spent you know the majority of the time watching yeah, watching yeah. the men's one. But that's because I had a dog in the race, you know? right? But uh, but overall, um, I, I, I I want free market to decide those things. Right. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to give a slight get off my lawn, get I off my it. lawn to the equal prize money because I just feel like the women, you know, get off just a little bit differently up for a two out of three yeah. versus yeah. a three out of five you know, yeah. th- that we just saw today. That I, was, I, was high quality. I like your your stance. Um, I refuse to weigh in on that. You know why? Because I just want to see the metrics. And when I see the metrics and if. One I'll is find worth them. more than the other. <laughs> uh, I, if one is worth more than the other, then get off my lawn. <laughs> Do you, are you spitballing about anything? Do you have anything you want to spitball? Um, uh, yeah, uh, I enjoyed the mixed doubles. I enjoyed playing with Serena. Um, our opponents uh, who beat us, sadly, uh, lost in the next round. That was Nicole Melichar and uh, Bruno Suarez. I believe they were... Quite tired, thanks to um, Serena's power in the match that we played them, and they were quite sleepy, thanks to my monotone voice and <laughs> and my monotone game. So I, I'd like to take the assist for them losing in the next round. And congrats to uh, the champions from Colombia winning the men's um, and and the champs of the mixed dubs too. And I'm sorry I wasn't there, but perhaps I make a comeback this summer in uh, New York City. And your and your hips feeling better. Hips feeling better. I do have some charity obligations. I tend to um, get some gigs here in the UK for for charitable organizations, but lately it's more just voiceover work for insomniacs. I've been rather oh. effective. Uh, Nyquil putting people to sleep. Yeah, uh, like Nyquil. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. So doing doing some fantastic work there and enjoying it as well. 
and hoping to get back on the tennis courts um, you so, know, soon. Some, some, sometime yeah. soon. Well, Andy, yeah. so Andy, are you heading back to uh, Edinburgh for the uh, fortnight for a couple of nights? The family, uh, we're, we're here in London at the moment and uh, enjoying the cricket and um, just uh, hoping to make it to the States soon. Well, very nice. Uh, that's uh, a very good, uh, you know, uh, that, that I wouldn't, uh, that, we'll say it's the fake Andy, Sir Andy Murray, right? <laughs> I'm not there yet, but. That's uh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's I, really I, good. I'll, I'll, uh, I like it. I, I, he's one of my favorites. Oh. I, as, as much as his game is boring, he's uh, he's a good dude. and I He's enjoy, always good to have around. I mean, oh. it makes the big four, you know, more complete. You know, the big yeah. three, it's still fun to watch, you know, Fed, uh, Djokovic, yeah. if Andy would have uh, been Sir Andy would have been healthy. Would he have, uh, you know, challenged also too? Oh, you know? who knows? Boy, you know, yeah. yeah I, I, I'm a Stan fan too. I mean, if, if there's clearly a big three, but if you want to talk big four, Murray, yeah. I, when he was playing well a couple of years ago, yeah. I, I think he was right in there with him. He he, really he gave him was. gave him some uh, trouble. He you know? took him down. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, Stan has just as many stan- slams, and Stan has beaten. Um, Rafa and Joker twice in these slam finals, but uh, can you imagine if Stan didn't exist and Murray didn't? Joker would have a lot more slams. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, no, that's no three question. right there. Yep. And uh, and Rafa maybe uh, won that one Australian Open in 14. So I, I enjoy th- that it's big three, but if there's a big four or five, you know, Murray and Stanley. They're, they're welcome at the table. I love them. All I love right. them. Well, that. I think that 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 about wraps it up. That Man, was a lot of fun. That was Thank a lot you. of fun today on on season one, episode three yeah. of At the Net Podcast. Man, we've been all over the the, the planet on topics and thoughts and, and just doing doing things. And and we've had some some good guests. We've got some more guests that we've got uh, you know coming up. I think you've got uh, a couple of people that are of interest as well. Tell we've tell got them. a couple tour players. Uh, one former tour player. One guy out there toiling in challengers. Um, one French guy, the, the you'll love his accent. Uh, he's an Academy pro now in South Carolina. Would they South, be able to understand South him? Yeah. South Kakalaki. Yeah, I, 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 he. It's v- definitely a French uh, accent, and I think you guys will love it. Um, and who else do we have? Gosh, we just a well, lot of bla- a lot of great guests coming up. Oh, we're, yeah, we're going to have. Uh, you're going to look for uh, Joe Denifer, maybe with On Court, Off Court. Yes. Uh, he said he'd, he'd like to come on. John McClam with Court Harbor, Mike Morris, our tech guy. Yep. We've got uh, Big Soxie, uh, Don Crucius that uh, has, has got a really nice uh, new line of, of, of socks that yeah. uh, I think int- people will be interested in uh, in wearing and, and hearing about. Master Systems player Blair Desgaray wants to to jump on with us. Dr. Joy yeah. Macy, Phil Farmer. I mean, we've got guests coming up the yeah, we got a lot of uh, and and some big names. Joy Macy, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rick Macy, Rick and Macy's uh, ex-wife, wife, longtime yeah. wife from, from yeah. Fort Lauderdale area that right. uh, still runs the Macy's Tennis Academy, where they pat the dog a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they do 3D. Joy does a lot of women's specific uh, sport advice. Yes. Oh, yeah. She's really yeah. good. Yeah. 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 She's she's excellent. Remarkable speaker. Very good speaker. Has been. Uh, on stage with Michael Douglas, Christy Brinkley, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and in addition has taught uh, the Williams sisters, uh, yeah. Andy Roddick, uh, Jennifer Capriotti, right. and, and a, lot, a host of other kids that uh, were down at uh, Macy's Academy when when Joy was uh, uh, working in the, the 90s. Yeah. Yes, yep, yeah. yep. So a lot of skins on the wall Tremendous. on that one. Phil Farmer, uh, coach of the Bryan brothers, when they ascended yes. to number one in the world. 
You know, Phil's got to make it out to the, one of these Las Vegas Rollers World Team Tennis matches because he has coached Sam Query, who's their lead singles player. That's correct. And the Brian Bros, who that's their lead men's doubles team. That's correct. That's yeah. a pretty good. Yeah, and, and uh, Tim Blinkiron is their their coach of that team. Right. So the, the, they've got they've actually got an interesting uh, breakdown of who all's coaching the, their teams and players mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. I was looking at uh, all the uh, information about. Uh, who who was uh, doing all the, what? All the eight teams. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean they've they've got uh, a lot of. Good, let me see. I was looking for my notes there. Nat, naturally, I can't find all my notes on, <laughs> on you know right when you need them. They're all gone. So here here's their uh, coaching lineup. They've uh-huh. got Luke Jensen with the New York Empire. Right, Empire. You got Ricky Leach with the Orange County Breakers. Uh, Scott Lipitsky with the the Storm. Craig Carden with the Freedoms. John mm-hmm. Lloyd with the San Diego Aviators. Uh, Jean Lafin de Jagar is is that? Oh, Lafney de Jagar. There you go, Lafney. There you go. Springfield, the Lasers. Lasers. Yeah, they need they need to do that. I wonder if they do the Doctor Evil thing. <laughs> they better. <laughs> they got to do that. Yeah. Tim Blinkiron with the uh, Vegas Rollers, and then right. David McPherson and Murphy Jensen with the Washington Cash. David McPherson, another yep. uh, South African fellow, yeah. and Murph, the yep. younger brother of Luke. Yeah. Luke, yeah. So they've got a really interesting coaching lineup. They got a lot of interesting players right. that. Uh, in in the in the Washington, I mean, in the uh, World Team Tennis uh, uh, stable, there most yeah. of their, their their players are are pl- are players that uh, you know. There's no Roger Federer or Novak Djokovic. Do you have anybody you, you yeah. really really enjoy watching? You know, uh, I, I'm such a fan of Evan King. He's from Chicago, Illinois. Yes, good player. Um, really beautiful, explosive lefty guy. He grew up uh, in Chicago. He was actually coached as a young guy by a good friend of mine. Uh, Joey Salerno, who I think I mentioned in the last podcast. Yes. And Gully. Yes. Uh, Gullickson. I got a fun video from Joey this morning. A bunch of the coaches from Midtown were at Gully's house watching. Oh, really? Watching Wimbledon, wow. the men's final. Yes. And everybody, male, female, middle-aged, young, whatever, everybody at the party at brunch, they called it yeah, breakfast bre- at Gully's. <laughs> breakfast at Gully's. Uh, everybody <laughs> was wearing white on white. Oh, well, yeah, that, white shorts, white, yeah. That's awesome. Everybody, it was cool. Oh, yeah, neat, very neat cool. party. So I'm a big fan of, of Evan King. By the way, he's on the Orlando team. Yes. I'm a huge fan of this English kid, Joe, Joe Salisbury. He that's, was here yeah, in that's, dubs. That's what I was going to say. Rajiv Ram played a yes. good doubles match. He is an attacking player. He's exciting. He's a very, um, uh, I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't say he's as charismatic or funny or controversial as a, as a Nick Kyrgios or a Novak, but, boy, he's a blast to watch, and he attacks. All the time. And one of the guys who uh, beat uh, Andy Murray and Serena, Bruno Suarez, he's one of my faves. He's a Brazilian player, and he's on the Washington Castles team. Yeah. There are a couple other guys of note. Uh, Jay yeah. Clark, who had a nice little Jay Clark. Jay yeah. Clark uh, had a nice little he, Wimby run. He uh, went 7-5 in one of the few yes. sets with Roger. Yes. And James yeah. Ward. Uh, Jimmy Ward. Ward he's yep. a nice player. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, they've got – that's their – most of their uh, – roster players, but they've yep. got uh, quite a few of the franchise players that they bring in the heavy artillery every now and then. Big John Isner's oh, yeah. around Sloan Isner, Stevens. I know Stevie Johnson is on that Orange County team. It used to be called the Newport Beach Breakers. And yes. They're trying to expand, broaden they, their scope a little. And big, the California the, Breakers eventually. Yeah, eventually it'll be the <laughs> California Breakers, yeah, like the Angels, yeah. Right. Uh, so you got Victoria Azarenka, you know, that's in, in there. Jeannie Bouchard, if you like uh, a little uh, – 
pop culture right That's there. Right. Instagram. Uh, she's an Instagram model. She's a, she, uh, she's the one that Billie Jean King should be railing on. You know that uh, she needs to, to be uh, practicing a little bit more than than trying to be uh, the Instagram girl. I think she won't clap back. I think she'll <laughs> listen yeah. if BJK right. talks to her. Yeah. And then we've got uh, Madison Keys, uh, Feliciano Lopez. Oh, and who could forget uh, Francis Tiafo yes. playing for his hometown team. Yep. It's he only he was be, looking forward to it. It's only going to be 700 people watching. But, uh, yes. but, uh, Very be, intense. I bet yeah. you it'll be in the, there'll be a lot of people in, in the in the crowd. They His also, mixed doubles partner is on their team, too, Venus Williams. Venus Williams, yes. And the notorious yes. NK. Yes. Nick Curious. Curios. Yes. NKK. NKK. <laughs> Nick, Nick Curious. Curious Curios. Right. Then we've got Sam Query, the, uh-huh. uh, the, the Bryan brothers, uh, Taylor Fritz, Coco Vandeway, yep. Ryan Harrison, Donnie Young, Daniel Collins, oh, Baby she's Fed. from uh, University of Virginia. Daniel yeah. Collins, she's on the Philadelphia team. Yeah. And then uh, Grigor Dimitrov, yeah. stylish, stylish derivative. Baby Fed. Yeah, that, Baby Fed. Does he like being called Baby Fed? I don't think he's into that, yeah. <laughs> it's like Boris Becker being called Boom Boom. I don't <laughs> boom, th- boom. He didn't like that either. I was like, come on, you gotta, yeah. you got to have some fun, you know. Speaking of fun, you know who's an, an enjoyable, enjoyable player to watch is the uh, Puerto Rican player who won the gold medal in women's singles in the last Olympics, Monica Puig. Oh, that's correct. She's playing some WTT for that Vegas team. Oh, that's correct, yeah. yes. Yeah, she has a little something, too, in the, yeah. in the tank. Yeah. yeah, so I think I wish World Team Tennis could get back to about – they used to have 12, 16 teams, yeah. and they had a nice presence. Hopefully it'll come back because I think it's a lot of fun. The team mm-hmm. concept, you know, just, just – uh, I, I know everybody looks forward to uh, mm-hmm. playing in it because you've got some big names that, that, that are – Definitely uh, involved in world team tennis. I just hope that uh, uh, it it's hung around. It kind of seems like it's kind of had, yeah, just kind of, just kind of eh lately. You know, uh, Craig, last episode when Craig Carden was here, you, one of your ideas was an all star game. Yes. If this WTT concept, which is gold, I mean, it's a blast. I, I, I think when players you go, like it. Yeah. You love it. But if I don't know if they need a cash infusion more than one dollar more yeah, than uh, yeah, well, yeah. more than Mark, Mark Ein. Ein. <laughs> yeah. But if they if there was something to market it better, if you look at the cities that host this, it's it's some smaller towns that don't have a, a slam. Yes. Or any, yeah, Springfield. Well, yeah. How can it go yeah. in Springfield, exactly. Missouri? I mean, good grief. Yeah. And, yes. the, and there are some big towns, too, like sure. New York. Yeah, has Vegas, open. you yeah. know, yeah. Orange County. I mean, yeah. that's kind of the L.A. Yeah. area, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. But, yeah, I mean, how can a team like Springfield support something? And, I'm impressed. In Dallas, we don't got nothing. We, we, we used did. to. Yeah, the Texas is wild. Yeah, and I remember it was 114 degrees uh, yes. for most of the matches because yeah. this time should, of year. Should have been doesn't, indoors. Yeah. It doesn't play well outdoors yeah. at uh, – I mean, the Four Seasons is great, but still, yeah. that wasn't the right. It, w- it was a great venue, and I, I enjoyed being there. And it was fun. It's yeah. generally in the shade. It's about eight thirty at night when the matches are going, so I, I enjoyed being there. But There's still one hundred and fourteen in the shade. Something degrees. Yeah. yeah. No, that that just wasn't uh, yeah. quite. Uh, it it should have been an indoor venue, you know, for us. You know, whether it's in no. Frisco or whether wherever we were going to have it yep. at, it no. should it should have been Allen or someplace like. There's some smaller venues around. That I think could yeah. could have hosted that. But uh, well, very nice. AJC always fun, wasn't it? CB one another. Always in the an can. honor, always a blast, and I can't wait for our next episode. Yep, it's it's coming down down the pike sometime soon. But yep. so we're gonna sign off now. But thanks for every for everyone listening to season one, episode three of At the Net Podcast. 
Be sure to tell a friend or friends as we like your peeps, and hopefully they'll like us, right? Yeah, we, you've got a lot of friends, yeah. and they're into entertainment. They're into tennis. and uh, Hey, wh- and why not listen to yeah, At The Net? Right? We love that. And, and that's the tennis news as it seems to us, good right? Good day, good evening from Dallas, Texas. All right, everybody. Until next time, Craig Bell and AJC and Dave the Brain signing off. And Darian D. Mac McBrayer, wherever he is yes. this evening. So he's he'll be back with us as well. So thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.